This podcast contains swearing and occasional disturbing content. I don't need to live in this physical realm. I walk around in the physical realm. In the spiritual world is where I live. I exist in places you never even dreamed of. Welcome to the High Strangers Podcast, episode 61. We are at that hill of 50 and going down towards the 100. Not that that means we're stopping at 100, though. <laughs> you know, uh, I am Gav. I'm Sarah. Um, welcome today. Uh, if you're still first time listening to us, uh, Sarah and I like to um, chat about different things, as you can tell from the topics we uh, on the subjects of all the other episodes. Lots of different yeah. things. But today's a bit of a bit of a serial killery one again a bit murdery but we have been talking about it and we are going to go and start doing some more ramblings down the uh, alleyways of more weirdness and uh, not so deafy yeah definitely although the next one we've got coming up has still got death in it <laughs> you just got to get away from it no I know but yeah we are trying to get away from that we're going to do Devil's Footprints, aren't we? I came up with that idea the other day. I'm so excited for that one. The name just conjures... Uh, when you start saying about the snow and stuff, and without going into it now, um, but it just name conjures in my head. And when I saw that, I was like, I could just imagine these Devil's Footprints in the snow yeah, going totally. towards the building, then being vertical, and then going... It's like, what the shit? Yeah. That's, that's, so, yeah, that'll be coming up. That's, that should almost be like a, like a Christmas tale around there. Yeah, totally. It's like Krampus style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, super cool. Yeah. Um, Gary Ridgway, uh, quite one of the uh, the biggins. Um, well known. He is. Well known yep. in the uh, serial killer world um, of the top ten, I'd say. Oh, God, yeah. Um, possibly top five. Um, yeah. Uh, whereabouts is he based? It's America, I know that, but whereabouts? Yeah, uh, we're kind of around Seattle. State. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, grunge. Oh, yeah. Oh, grunge, oh, the days of grunge. Being, yeah, being a young sixteen-year-old, going, "What is this stuff?" No, oh. I'm going to wear ripped flannel shirts. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I still wear grunge clothing. You could probably say. If you... I know. Yeah, you could probably put me in the in the early nineties, and yeah. I wouldn't really look much different. No, not at all. No. <laughs> I look like a reject from Wayne's World most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Today you're wearing your big black glasses too. <laughs> right, um, do you want to give us a uh, brief, uh, yeah, like I said, you elevator pitch, so I normally do. Do you want to give us a little synopsis um, of what this dude is? What's, co- what's coming up? Yeah, kind of, just a brief one, top of your head. Uh, yeah, okay, well, it's pretty fucking awful, really, you know, doing the research for this as well, kind of, and obviously I did read uh, Anne Rule's book, Green River Running Red, for this podcast as well, which I highly recommend, it's such a good, well-written book, Right. Uh, and sh- interestingly enough... Uh, that lady, Anne Rule, she worked with Ted Bundy at the Suicide Hotline and she wrote a book about Ted Bundy after the fact, you know, after it had all come out. And also, she lived a couple of blocks away from Gary Ridgway. So, like, what a life, you know, to be that involved in true crime. She's a massive true crime writer as well, so it's been a really interesting read, actually, but super sad for all the women that died. Um, yeah, so Gary Ridgway, second most prolific serial killer in America. 
Um, and he killed, he was charged with killing 48 young women and girls. What? But it's suspected that he's murdered well over 100, you know, because he was murdering sex workers. Uh, obviously, sex workers go missing, they don't get reported, a lot of them yeah. are transient, you know, yeah. and the way that the bodies were left, it's entirely possible that there's so many bodies out there that have just not been discovered. My God. You know, so it could be well over 100. Over the state of, uh, um, not, oh, I'm sorry, over older states of america or was it just particular was he you know keeping it local because obviously no, that amount of people if he kept it local yeah. he would be found so presumably he was oh no he kept it local he, he, like a couple of times he uh, we will go into it obviously but a couple of times he kind of drove across state lines and dumped some of the bodies there i think he went to oregon right uh, but mostly no he kept it pretty local if you check out the socials as well particularly facebook because instagram keeps fucking up all my photos and making them real small uh, but yeah if you check out the photos on the facebook page that i posted uh, there's a map there of kind of where ridgeway lived where ridgeway worked where he picked okay. the girls up and where he dumped the bodies so you can get a rough idea of kind of like the localized area you know of, of where he was dumping these but he had dump sites so he'd find a particular site and then he'd keep going back to it, you know, so there'd be a certain amount of bodies in one site and then he'd find somewhere else and just take the girls there and dump them there. Right. So it's kind of an amount of bodies in one place, you know. So one gets found, two gets found, but then loads start coming up, you know, because they're, they're digging to find other bits and then they find other other skeletons and, and remains. Imagine that, though, like, like <clears throat> you do your first death your first murder mm. and the adrenaline rush or you jizz or whatever the fuck it is you get from it being this person you know you know whatever high you get from it or stuff but then then you're like number 36 yeah I'm doing number 36 now I'm gonna do number 37 and what like I know where are you at that place in your mind well you know yeah. you know that you know it's wrong but obviously the powers of your will, your mind, or your slightly deranged mind, or whatever you're thinking, is just going. Yeah, obviously, empathy buttons switched off. Oh and yeah, you're, you're just like yeah, just didn't you know? You must know it's wrong. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I um, suppose. But then, like, but that number, like we've discussed before, it's so difficult for us to kind of put ourselves in the mindset of someone like that because we're uh, coming at it from a, a point of reasoning you know and yeah. a point of moral yeah. standing whereas they're not there's something inside them that's broken that, that, that I don't know if he realised it was wrong or whether you know they just end up not giving a fuck obviously he didn't give a fuck about no. the women no you know, so but obviously, I don't know. It's just like I suppose it's an urge. They can't control it. Was he? Uh, was he uh, having sex with the victims before or after the death, or was there no sex involved? Both. Both. Gary Ridgway was a horn dog. You will. You'll find out about that. He so, loved the fuck. Choosing, but prof- yeah, he would. He would have sex with them before, and then he admitted later that he was returning to the to the bodies. Okay, to cho- have sex with him after they're dead. So choosing sex workers wasn't just well, it it worked in different manners. It was easy because, like you said, um, can go missing a bit more. 
without yeah. being noticed. And um, but also because they are in the business of sex. Yeah. Um, he's doing that as well. Um, do you think if he wasn't so horny, he would have um, gone for um, people? If if he could have got away of it, would have gone for other people who weren't sex workers. No, I don't, uh, because I think most serial killers see sex workers as easy targets. You know, sex workers are the Jack ones. The yeah, Jack the Ripper, fucking uh, Stephen Griffiths, Crossbow Cannibal. There's many. Ridgeway, you know, we could go on and on. Dharma, you know, that was obviously male sex workers, fucking. Yeah. We can keep going. Yeah. We can just keep going uh, because they're the less dead. You know, they don't get reported. They think that no one's looking for them. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with you know, homeless. Transient. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I don't think he would have. And also, uh, Ridgeway, as we'll go on to see, low IQ, you know, bad home life. He was shy. He, was, he wasn't quite outgoing. So another reason for him to pick up sex workers was it was easier than going out and trying to pick up a woman at a bar, you know, where he's got to have some banter, she's got to have a reason to go home with him. Oh, yeah, it's a lot more work. But yeah. then, obviously, also, you know, people could be looking for her. And How crazy so, that yeah. is, though, when you're pulling up and you go, oh, I'm going to kill that one, and just open the door and they get in. Your yeah. victim just gets in your, your I car. I know, I know. It's like, so Drac- crazy. like Dracula or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, do apologise today. I do have a little bit of a cold, listeners. I shall try to edit around coughing and sneezing or anything. <laughs> but Bless I don't do you. I don't do a lot of the uh, talking. My dearest Sarah does. Oh no, it's me, isn't it? It is. Um, okay. Well, that sounds like a crazy story. That's a lot of victims to put into an episode. Is this, is, is this a two-parter yeah. or are we doing a one-parter? No, on no, just do a, do a one-parter. I mean, I was going to kind of go into it, you know, and, and talk about the victims and stuff, but I did decide that it's just going to make it so huge. It's already taken me ages to get through and do the, the notes and kind of yeah, all that you're business. reading so. a book for this one, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 try and read the book, do the notes, fucking Edit do the two, notes. two jobs, bloody keep yeah. the house going. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a time. I've had a time. But, yeah, it's been fine, and I really enjoyed reading that book, and I do recommend it. Well, if anything, you're going to have some good, uh, hopefully, if the book's true to its... So yeah, yeah, I've got, I have got, yeah, I've got some good, good facts and good stories and stuff that you wouldn't have found elsewhere. But I do recommend it for anyone that's interested in this case. It's really victim-centered, you know, and you get to find out a lot about the actual victims and and kind of what happened there, and a lot about the detective work and and everything that went into this because. The detective work is crazy on this. It's absolutely bananas. Yeah, and they fucking threw everything they had at this shit. And it's so right. good to see because obviously it's it's sex workers, uh, you know, like many, we were saying. How many victims deep did we get before the, the cops really went, fuck, we've got to sort this shit out? Oh, the first three that they find, they start the task force. Well, okay, cool, because quite so often we find, we find uh, incompetence. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not left... It's not left. They throw so much money at this and so much manpower, but unfortunately, because of the state of the victims that they're finding, you know, and the remains, and there's not much DNA, and Ridgeway later admits to fucking with the crime scenes to throw people off, you know, and and the the, uh, kind of computer system for the police and the DNA uh, stuff, you know, it wasn't really a thing at that kind of time, because we're talking, like, early 80s. 
Uh, yeah, uh, DNA. So it's uh, not just came yeah. in, comes into play like early eighties. Um, yeah, I and mean, it's not widely used at that time. So you know they they struggle a lot with that. Yeah, and um, when it first came about, um, obviously um, didn't know if they could actually use it 100%. Um, took, yeah. a, took a moment before that it was like, yeah, this is um, registered as, as uh, we can use this to help yeah. crime. Which is yeah, amazing. Definitely. What if you didn't have DNA? Oh, no. It's just fucking madness to think, you know, yeah. obviously most serial killers, well, there was a big concentration of serial killers around like the 70s to the 80s. Yeah. You know, and people just getting away with it just because DNA is just like, know. you know, so difficult, struggling with crime scenes. You and I may have both walked past someone in the street who's murdered someone. Yeah, totally. And they just did it once, whatever happened, and then they just went, fuck, or whatever, you know, and that was yeah. it. But, and, yeah. they, and they've hidden it inside themselves, and it's their deepest, darkest secret to the grave, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, like we'll see with Ridgeway, obviously all this stuff kind of went on in the 80s, but he didn't get arrested until 2001, so... I find it so strange they murdered, like, stopping someone's life. Yeah, I know, that's what I was thinking when I it's, was doing this. So like, just, just, just ending being, being a human, being here is such an incredible thing... To, to an each individual person made from a star <laughs> and to be to be uh you know just take it out it's like how could you do that yeah but, but then again that's again you and i doing it because we're not like that yeah so it's, it's we can't fathom it yeah definitely. and that's why we listen to true crime podcasts watch documentaries because we find it fascinating yeah totally yeah really fascinating just trying to I don't know. I don't think I'll ever understand. But yeah, just trying to understand, you know, different things that makes all these people flip. It's just bananas. Yeah. And on that note. Yes. Do you want to go for it? Yeah. Okay, take it away. Okay. So Gary Ridgway, also known as the Green River Killer. Uh, Ridgway became the second most prolific serial killer in United States history and you will hear people saying that he is the most prolific he's not, he's second at the moment Uh, Sorry, who was first? Uh, I'm just about to tell you Uh, The first being Samuel Little who confessed to murdering 93 women between 1970 to 2005 so he's the, the highest I've never heard the name Oh, there you go Wow, okay, thanks yeah, okay, so maybe do an episode on him at some, some time. Is, is that person alive, dead? Is this Samuel person? Or were they, uh, I'm they not sure, actually. Def, I'm not Def sure. Uh, I don't know. Okay, just wondering. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, I would hope. I was wondering if they're glorying in, in the fact that their statistic is number one yeah, while definitely. they're in prison, do you know what I mean? I, I would hope that he got the death penalty. Do you think there's any killers out there? Because it's like, right, that's it. Apparently, is it, is he got that many as he? Well, I'm going to do better than oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's definitely been... Competition. Been, Competitive yeah, competition. serial killing. Makes me think of that film, The Frighteners. It sounds like a, a like Korean TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, okay. Ridgeway was charged with 14, 48 counts of aggravated murder, but it's suspected that he could have killed over 100 or more victims. Wow. Like I was saying, you know, obviously people don't get reported, people's uh, remains are not getting found. So, yeah, it could be anything up to and over that. Uh, Gary Leon Ridgway, he was born on February the 18th, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah. He was the second of three sons born to Mary and Thomas Ridgway. 
Thomas was a bus driver and he regularly complained about the presence of sex workers on the street. But I think he did he did frequent sex workers. I think Ridgeway says in one of his uh, confessions that he remembers being in the car when his dad went went and picked up a sex worker and had sex with her. What? what, what, what he was in the car while he must have been dropped off. I think, uh, no, I think he's, because uh, later on he does it with his son as well when he murders a woman. But I think his dad must have gone out, you know, left him in the car and gone somewhere with the woman uh, and had I sex see. with her, like, like, like Ridgeway did with the woman. He left his son in the car and took her off and murdered her. Right. And then came back and got in the car and drove off. Right. I got you. Uh, Mary was described by most as a domineering woman who had a thing for makeup and fashion, and she would usually be seen around the neighbourhood in a variety of skimpy outfits. That's his, that's his mum. That's his mum. Yeah. So this is this is his problem. So his his dad's got an issue with streetwalkers. Yeah. Just say because they're on a street walking around as well. I said that. Um, yeah. But 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 it's like being like I hate gays. Secretly, I'm gay. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and his mum dresses like slightly towards that way of fashion. Also, yeah, all the neighbours and stuff. Um, I will post the link to that documentary that I sent you as well. Uh, there's a really good documentary of Born to Kill on Ridgeway on YouTube, and I'll put the link up on the Facebook page. Uh, but as interviews with like some of the neighbours, you know, from back around the time when Ridgeway was younger, and they say I always remember her kind of being around him, like really skimpy outfits. You know, she was always really done up, so quite quite uh, fashion forward, I suppose, and quite sexy for a mum as well, and not like anyone else's mum really. Well, that's what I was thinking. So, so I find it strange that his dad then must have been a complete horn dog as well. Because yeah, surely he at home he doesn't need to go out looking for this sex street worker paying for it because yeah. his wife dresses almost like that and if she dresses sexy stuff surely that's giving him a boner yeah like but, but he then, must be that or or yeah it's more to that yeah that's it you know the thing is with that it's not always the sex no it's it's the power it's the control it's you know stuff like that. So, yeah, it's more. You more, know, is yeah. he is he looking for something weird? You know, does he think that she's not going to do that? His wife's not going to do that. You know, whatever he wants. I bet she would. What was she doing? Was she was she sleeping with guys? No, not that I know of. Okay. No, she's got her own issues. <laughs> okay, so so he's already just thrown as a child straight into this. But you were saying he did this with his sons. His son didn't turn up to be a serial killer, though. No, not that I know of. I don't know what happened to his his son, actually. But hopefully he's living his life and fucking, you know, mm. changed his name and, and living okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that is... Obviously, that's not good for kind of like a young teenage boy, you know, to see their mother being sexualised, that... You, teenage boys as we've seen from quite a few serial killers you know who can't sexualize your mother it's not good it doesn't end well not really uh, I, I bet his mates are coming around go, go come around your house yeah totally see your sexy mum doing the dusting oh my god 
Uh, Ridgeway had an issue with bedwetting well into his teenage years, ranging from two to three times a week to every night. Something we find with serial killers, which is a, a, a strike on the old serial killer bedpost, is... Wetting yeah, the bed. Definitely. Yeah, totally. And then it goes on to just get worse. And and very quickly, wetting the bed obviously is going to be when they're in their deep state of sleep, their mind is doing something which is making them upset, possibly, for them to wet bed, like nightmares or whatever or something. Yeah, yeah. Is it some kind of problem? Frequent, yeah, then it's a frequent mental thing he has each night when he's sleeping, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah right. there's there's something going on there, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, when this happened, his mother would put him in the bath and she'd spend over 15 minutes or more washing and drying his penis, despite him becoming erect as she did so. And that was uh, when he was about 13 or 14 years old, she was still doing that, putting him in the bath and scrubbing his, his dick and balls. Um, and, uh, right, telling okay, him, so he's, he's basically a man, essentially, there. I know still a young, young lad, but yeah, he's but tackle-wise. So, I, I stopped bathing my kids at about age eight. I was like, right, you can do that yourself now. Yeah, I am. I do still with Elijah. Um, um, but, yeah, there would be that point when it's like, yeah, you know, no yeah. more now. Um, but, like, um, he is essentially, his mum's washed him at this age, is essentially, genitally-wise, quite grown. He's not on the side yeah. of a boy here. He's on the side of a man, if you yeah, to look Yeah, it's not a little, di- little dinkle, is it, anymore? It's um, fucking, he's going to be going through puberty and like so becoming the mum knows an actual that, Mum knows that's man. wrong. But then again, yeah. we are obviously going back to olden times where people just just doing weird things <laughs> well it's, yeah I suppose we're talking like mid 60s like it would possibly a, you probably could throw a stone up the road and someone else in the house probably might be doing the same thing it would yeah, be as weird as now we're like the fuck especially as we live in like a woke society like that's yeah. like you cannot do that shit you know but um, yeah but we I do think have to throw ourselves back to that slightly even though it's not right no, definitely. And speaking to that, though, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, like with this, it's a combination, you know, that take that on its own. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's wrong. You shouldn't be doing it. No. But at the same time, you know, that on its own, is that going to make someone a murderer? You know, you've got to think it's a combo of stuff. But yeah, while she was doing this, she'd tell him that he was a baby for wetting the bed and telling him he should be more like his brothers. So she's always like berating him as she's washing his dick. What? And, and uh, he said that at one point she was doing this and she just had a robe on and it fell open while she was doing it and she was naked underneath. And he became aroused by that. So yeah, it's just, this is not a good situation. Uh, what? How many brothers did he have, siblings? He's got another two. Of older or younger? He's the middle, I think I said, didn't I? Oh, he's middle child. Did, Did we, I say that? Do we know Let if the check. other two were getting this um, treatment? I don't know. No, they weren't, because they weren't wet in the bed. So he had middle child syndrome as well? Yeah, I'm just checking that. Uh, yeah, he was Yeah, he was middle. Okay, and his brothers didn't become serial killers? No, right. but they weren't wet in the bed and getting their dick scrubbed and fucking <laughs> whatever else. They must be like the the older brother, say he's fifteen or sixteen, whatever. Might have, on one occasion seen his mum go to the bathroom with his mm. brother. Must be like, what are you doing? Probably didn't think anything of it. Or I don't think you time. really. 
yeah. don't really do, do you, when it's your parents, I suppose. It's only when you're older and you kind of talk to people about it and get other people's views on it, you can kind of look back and go, shit, that was fucked up. Hmm. I think when you're in that situation, that's your family, you probably don't so, realise yet. Register. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier to look back on everything all at once and just go, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, like we were saying, his mum regularly wore little clothing around the house <clears throat> and Ridgeway would later tell investigators that he had conflicting feelings of anger and sexual attraction towards his mother and had fantasised about stabbing her to death. Okay. Uh, um, Ridgeway is dyslexic and his IQ was recorded as being in the low 80s and the average is, average is around 100. Uh, I think that's being kind, low 80s. I did hear somewhere that it was about 74. So that's that's fairly low. Yeah. But he's he's not like total dum-dum, do you know what I mean? He's, he's uh, held a job down, you know, he still managed to be low-level family man. So, that sounds like a really bad Family Guy episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and he was held back a year in high school. This is fucked up. This bit. Um, when he was sixteen, he stabbed a six-year-old boy with the intent on killing him. But incredibly, the boy survived. So even more <laughs> red flag. Red flag. <clears throat> yeah, I know. But no one knew he'd done it. Oh. Um, so I'll tell you a story now because it was in the book they, the police actually went and found this kid who'd obviously grown up you know, and, and got the story from him it's absolutely fucked so during Ridgeway's questioning detectives found the victim and asked him what happened um, he recalled the incident well saying he remembered being dressed in a cowboy hat and boots wearing toy pistols on his belt when a much older boy had asked him if he wanted to build a fort he had agreed and followed him into the woods. The older boy then turned to him and said, you know, there's people around here that like to kill little boys like you. He then grabbed the boy's arm and dragged him further into the woods, suddenly turning and stabbing him. I asked him why he killed me, said Ridgeway's victim, and I saw all the blood pumping out of me, already running down my leg and into my boots. The whole front of my shirt was soaked and he just had a smile on his face. Then he started laughing. He stood there for a second before reaching toward me and wiping the knife off once across one shoulder and twice across the other. Then he folded up the knife and said, I always wondered what it was like to kill someone. <clears throat> then he walked away, throwing his head back and laughing. Blimey. Fucking scary, isn't it? But apparently the little boy made it out of the woods and I think a teacher found him and carried him to the hospital. My God. Yeah, and he survived. That's that's a movie. That's like the beginning of a movie. A teacher oh, yeah. walking along, bloody as anything, holding a kid just dripping of blood. Yeah, and Ridgeway's fucking knifed him up. He's 16 years old when he did that. It's not a good start. It's a shame he... Whatever. So the little kid... Should have, really should have put a trigger warning on the front of this episode, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Just rewind to the beginning. Yeah. So <laughs> the, little, the little kid um, didn't pass. So he... he did. Why didn't he say who did it? Surely the teacher was like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah, but he's six years old and he's like, what's he going to say? You know, yeah, he's going to say an older boy, but like yeah, but he must, must be able to go, he was wearing a red shirt, it's da-da-da-da-da-da. and like, then they go, right, let's get this surrounding area. 
straight right, boom, let's go for it. Is it yeah. Life? I don't know. I don't know. Just never got caught for it. I don't think the, the little boy was able to actually describe him, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ridgeway graduated from high school in 1969 and married his 19-year-old girlfriend, Claudia, after which he joined the United States Navy. He was sent to Vietnam where he served aboard a supply ship and actually saw combat, unlike a lot of serial killers who say they've been to Vietnam. Uh, during his time in Vietnam, much like the other servicemen over there, Ridgeway frequented it's sex It's like workers. a holiday! Boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah! <laughs> Imagine it, oh aren't you? God. Fucking serial killers in Vietnam. Jesus Christ. Uh, Ridgeway frequented sex workers and eventually contracted gonorrhea. Although this angered him, he continued the activity. Ridgeway and Claudia were dis- divorced within a year. When later questioned about Ridgeway, Claudia's parents said they didn't know what their daughter had seen in him. Her mother said, when they were dating, he would come to our house and just sit there like a stump. He never ate, he never <laughs> never said a word. <laughs> a stump? I've never yeah. heard of anyone described as a stump before. A lump, yeah. maybe, not yeah. a stump. Yeah, she said one time he came over there, just sat there for like eight hours, didn't talk to him, didn't eat anything, didn't drink anything, didn't go to the toilet, just sat there. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Okay. Uh, Ridgeway married Marcia Brown in 1973 and became highly religious, reading aloud from the Bible at home and at work. So there's another one. Here we Fuck go. Fuck Organised religion. I'm, oh, I'll just go to God. Even I've already tried killing a six-year-old kid. Just, yep. what, what are you... Oh, yeah. I know, such a mess, isn't it? Second marriage already, you know. Yeah. Um, he started proselytising door-to-door and insisting that his wife follow the strict teachings of their pastor... Despite his beliefs, Ridgway still frequented sex workers and insisted that his wife participate in sex in public and inappropriate places. Sometimes it was discovered at places that Ridgway would later use as body dump sites. According to the women in his life, Ridgway had an insatiable appetite for sex and would demand it several times a day. Hmm. Uh, Ridgway and Marcia had a son together in 1975. Uh, when interviewed by detectives later, she told them that Ridgway liked to sneak up behind her. This is a red flag. This is the biggest, this is the brightest, biggest of red flags that is waving for this woman. If Honestly, if I was with someone that did this, oh my God, I would break his nose. So I Seriously. Won't, I won't do this to you, whatever it is. Don't, no, don't do this to me because I love you and I don't want to punch you in the face. And if you do this to me, my first reaction will be a punch in the face. There's the amount of times when I wanted to jump out on you, but I'm worried you have a heart attack or you'll hit me. That, yeah, that is going to be my first reaction, is just swing, swing for it. Whatever it is, I'm coming in windmilling, so, yeah, don't jump out on me. <laughs> when interviewed by detectives later, she told them that Ridgway liked to sneak up behind her and put his arm around her neck in, like, a hold, his arm, so his forearm. So almost like doing a, um, uh, uh, not knocking to- someone out. <clears throat> Yeah, I was trying to think of the wrestling move so I could describe. Yes. It's got to be a wrestling move, isn't it? No, it's like that. Oh, just like, not so not not a choke move. Yeah, yeah. So he's got. Oh, okay. So I'm imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah and then come up behind them put your arm around their neck like that so their neck is in the crook of your elbow it's a very aggr- I think aggressive it's a wrestling move i want to say it's a half nelson but i don't think that's right it's a aggress- <laughs> quite aggressive move because you've got a lot of yeah. strength there in your arms just there yeah. it's a lot of strength and you're pushing on a, some an area which could obviously yeah. kill someone and doesn't have a lot of strength yeah so i would know yeah i'd never do that to you there's yeah, no way in hell I'll do that to you. Yeah. yeah. Anyone that loves another person would not do that to them. You might get a kiss on the neck, you know. Uh, You're not getting a fucking... Uh, yeah, so he put his... Sneak up behind her and put his arm around her neck to hold her mm. um, in, like, a kind of hold. She said he liked to see how softly he could walk so that he'd be totally noiseless and he could do it too. It's telling me that that isn't frightening. How would you go? Yeah, that's normal. Listen to the listen to this though. No, listen I, to this. You've got a look of shock on your face. You're going to be absolutely well, speechless. Very, very after quickly, this bit. very quickly. I have like a, Elijah <laughs> likes to do little things. He's eight. He likes to do things. I walk in a room and he's hiding, and, it, and yeah. I'll be like, "Where are you?" And he likes to just do it until he can beat me. <laughs> I hate the fact that this dude's just like. Oh, let's go. I've got this. Oh, she didn't catch. She didn't hear me. Yeah. And I've got her in the. It's like. It's not good. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's not my eight-year-old son. That's fine for him to play hide when I come in a room. Yeah, imagine for your like, husband I, to do that isn't, yeah. isn't isn't acceptable. Or if I did that to you, would you not think that was creepy? I mean, obviously I'm a woman and you're a bloke, but like to or, put or, yourself or if in you, that situation. Or you snuck up to me and stuck your finger in my back like it was pretend it's a knife. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like. Are you planning on robbing people? What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, keep sneaking up on you all the time. It's really weird. Anyway, listen to this one. This is fucking insane. I'd find out and then I'd fart just before you got close. Nice. <laughs> Make you laugh. <laughs> she told them of one night when they'd both been out. I was a little drunk, she said, and I got out of our van and stumbled. I started to reach for the door and the next thing I know, he had his hands around my neck joking me i realized it was him and started fighting him and trying to scream he finally let go and kind of pushed me by the time i got my balance back he had walked around to the other side of the van and tried to convince me that there was somebody else there who had run off i tried to get him to call the police but he wouldn't how scary is that mm. trying to tell her it was someone else you know and he'd fought him off and they'd run away You'd be like, fuck off, mate. Clearly it's him as well, so he's got to be some kind of fucking dickhead to think that she would have fallen for that, but then she's got to be a dickhead as well to fall for it. I know, (laughs) you kind of... Well, not to fall for it, but to put up with it, you you know. You kind of answered your own question there, yeah. That is gaslighting to the max. That's fucked up. But, you know, know, as you've said it before, when you get in situations and you kind of just ignore things and... Yeah, that's true, actually. Again, we can't can't judge, you know. Yeah, yeah, because I've been there, you know, obviously, like I spoke mm. about before, you know, if I'd have stuck around in that situation, I'd be dead by now. Mm. No doubt I would have been killed by him because mm. he just could not stop, you know. So, yeah, you kind of get into that. and Yeah. Fucking, that is terrifying, though. Honestly, that's so frightening. Yeah. Uh, they eventually divorced in 1981 and Ridgeway's murderous rage took control soon after with his first victim killed around 1982. So from now, I'm kind of going to go, uh, it's going to go victims. in bits. We're going to go body discovery, Ridgeway's life, police, detective-y things, so you know. So it's going to, it's a whole mishmash of body discoveries. It's a lot then. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a big number of, count. 
yeah. yeah, and I've tried to cover everything. I'm not going to keep going, oh, this is, you know, originally I wanted to name the victims that were found, but I was like, it's just going to take so long, really is. But yeah, like I said, if you're into reading, do go read that book. It's fucking amazing, and it will tell you much more about the actual victims themselves. Yeah. How long after the second divorce was he like, right, this is it? So they divorced. Are we looking in, at months or years? They, well, they divorced in 1981, and his first victim was 82. killed about 1982. So not long, not long before he gets into it. She just got to the cinema and watched the thing repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> in 82 you know oh my, my favourite film I know I don't know if that's going to take away his murderous rage and his horniness shame um, okay so we're 82 he's in set two divorces his mum's washed yep. his erect penis when he's 14 his dad's yep. picked, picked up ladies and gone for blowies down the alleyways and yep. uh, uh, here we are yeah Oh, and are. I've been in Vietnam killing people and I tried to kill a 16-year-old, a six-year-old when I was 16. Yeah, so we've got a lot going on already. <laughs> he, he's it's done more, more, more things than most people, you know, of bad, it's bad a, shit. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot, it is a lot. Okay, so in his personal life, Ridgway joined a church group called Parents Without Partners, but he was still visiting sex workers who he later told detectives he hated and didn't want to pay for their services. <laughs> okay, wait. Why did he hate it? Because he had to pay? Yeah, I think so. Where, what, he felt like he should be able to have sex with the ladies because because he's uh, a handsome devil I don't know if he I don't know if he even yeah. thought that far you know I don't think he he's even just thought that far he, he just didn't want to he just didn't want to pay him but don't fuck him then mm. like fucking but he's got a, he's idiot. got to he wants to but you know, he can't stop that if urge. he wants sex like several times a day he needs to get that out and yeah so he's mad you know horny. but then he doesn't want to pay for them but then obviously he feels like they're less people because they're sex workers you know so I think that comes into it as well that he hates them and he hates having to have sex with them and he hates having to pay them and you know remember he's quite religious as well so he obviously thinks that that's a you know that's a an issue and the dude's obviously messed up because there's so much stuff that you're saying it's just like well okay I could break if I was sitting there with him now I could break this down to him and say okay so that's the issue there okay stop so stop doing this and that and that and that and you should be Mm. alright he seems to be like a very confused person well remember his IQ's not great either so I'm sure he's probably not very critical thinking oh I suppose it's not confusion unintelligence okay yeah okay So, the first bodies were discovered in August 1982 by a man boating on the Green River looking for antique bottles. Apparently there was a bottle-making place kind of round there back in the day, you know, and they were worth quite a bit of money if you found them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three women were Marcia Chapman, 31, Cynthia Hines, 17, and Opal Mills, who was 16. Um, Weirdly enough as well, Opal Mills had been named after her dad's sister and her da- and she had also been killed. Not by Ridgeway, but she'd also been murdered. So she was named after her aunt who had also, also been murdered, killed. Both, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, two of the women were found in the river and the third had been left on the bank. The initial Green River Task Force was set up shortly after the bodies were discovered 
It consisted of 25 detectives from King County in Washington, Seattle, Tacoma and Kent Police Departments. It began to appear that the task force would have their work cut out for them as more and more bodies were discovered. Um, in fact, 10 bodies were discovered up until September 1983, and on the 18th of September, what would come to be known as the Star Lake Road site began to appear when a passerby noticed skeletonized human remains near a tree just where the bank started to descend. Unfortunately, most of the remains that were discovered were in late-stage decomposition, or just bones, which made identifying evidence and the victims themselves difficult. Because they've been left outside. Yeah. You know, animals. To the yeah, animals yeah. and the elements and stuff. That's always been a tricky thing, obviously, for body discoveries. Um, yeah. Luckily, nowadays, very scientifically, we can still uh, study bones and things and stuff and get Definitely, a bit more yeah. evidence from what happened. But before, uh, at this time, yeah, they, they got yeah, no chance. Yeah, uh, early 80s, you they know, no they chance. haven't really got yeah. any anything. And obviously, the bodies that were found in the river there wasn't really any evidence like fingerprints and stuff on them because they've been in the water i presume serial killers um, nowadays have to be so much more sophisticated oh definitely yeah you have to, to get to be around fucking, stuff you yeah, gotta be you thinking on the next another level but you gotta always be one step ahead of technology almost yeah yeah definitely Just, uh, yeah to be, Crazy, a, be a serial eh? killer nowadays eh? yeah um, but obviously, like we were saying, he did have sex with the victims before and after with a lot of them. So they, they, we will come to see that they do find some semen inside two of those women that they first discovered. And if they're but, DNA... but obviously at, at the time, you know, they can't really do much about it. But the good thing is a lot of these detectives were really forward thinking, you know, and were looking still for the evidence so that in at a later time when developments in DNA profiling, all that kind of business came good, they could use that evidence, you know, and we'll go on to see that they do do that. So well done, those blokes. So at this time, like we were saying, computers weren't widely used in the collating of evidence and fingerprint and DNA matching uh, weren't used as standard. So it's kind of like, if you know anything about the Yorkshire Ripper case, uh, Peter Sutcliffe over here in the UK, similar thing there as well. They just had so much evidence and tips and fucking, uh, you know, suspects and stuff like that. But because they didn't, weren't using computers to kind of get all the evidence and everything together, you know, and it just took them so long to catch him it's mm. shocking so yeah a similar thing going on here really mm. um the detectives also had no clue as to what they were looking for so they were basically just collecting anything and everything they could get from like the crime scenes so, so cigarette butts chewing gum like chewing gum wrappers fucking drink cans it's so, it must be so hard uh, especially uh something like that out in a local place where people are walking along dropping all yeah. this stuff anyway yeah definitely they just the time it would have taken uh, hours just yeah. to dive through stuff and think, oh, this could be his chewing gum, and it's yeah. just some chewing gum. Yeah, and but, they've got no idea, you know, they've got no clue who they're looking for, what this guy is doing, or anything. So they're just picking up everything they can get. So I guess you would pick up all these items, like, say, Wrigley's chewing gum, whatever, and you know the make of it, if possibly if there's wrappers and stuff. And then... Yeah keep that kind of in the back of your mind just in case when you're looking at other stuff or yeah. you're another another location there's another death yeah. you see 
there's some Wrigley's chewing gum wrapper. Yeah, and see if you can match it. Just, I guess that's why you have to do it. But, but being able to keep all that in your mind. Yeah. Because of the technology not being there at that time, but been yeah. such a thing. So you, I guess, at times you get super cops. Yeah, yeah. One of the guys, uh, one of the guys who's on this case was also one of the guys who put Ted Bundy away. So kind of, you know, it's kind of connected. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of like specialist people that get involved in this. Even got a specialist microscopist coming up later. (laughs) Someone who knows his microscopes and fucking and like specialises in microscopic evidence. I'm thinking of a CSI episode. Yeah, totally. They get everyone involved in this. You've got FBI profilers and fucking... Have you ever watched a CSI episode? No. I've never watched CSI. I've never watched it. Oh, I'll do some with you. Okay, I'll see. I've never really fancied it, to be honest. They always have. Oh, no, they're fun. They always have. Well, because you start with a death and then they have to figure it out. But it's all through forensics. So you get, Uh, you have like these massive montages where they're like doing the microscope and there's all this Uh. fancy camera work and all this sort of stuff. But But they're figuring out like, and the way they figure out the deaths is just like, that's so clever. Mm. Through their technologies, you definitely should yeah. for interest sakes. You definitely okay. should. I'll, I'll watch All them right. with you. I'll check some out. I, I, I got through it into it once by the time. But if we get into it, you'll be like, oh, let's do some CSI. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> See, I like Hannibal for that as well. Um, okay. The dude in Hannibal who profiles the people, but he's, he's kind of slightly, he's I think mind, he's though, autistic yeah. or like he's, he's on the spectrum somehow, Will Graham. And yeah, he just puts himself in that place of the murderer, you know. So when he walks into the crime scene and everyone leaves, he is the murderer. So it shows you what happened, but he's the killer, you know. And he goes around doing the murders as they happen. But yeah, it ends up fucking him up totally. Interestingly, I know this is a bit of a side step for what we're talking about today. Interestingly, though, the guy who was uh, the detective in Manhunter before Silence of the Lambs, the movie Manhunter. Yep. Yep. He is the main investigator of the original CSI series. He runs the teams. Oh, okay. How interesting is that? There you go. It's That's a little, cool. little mix between what we're saying there. Yeah. I think, nice. you, I think you'd be into it, so yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'll check some out then. Yeah. Anyway, back to regular programming, yes. ladies yes. and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, so like I was saying, they're just picking up as much as they can from the crime scenes in case anything is is relevant. Uh, by the time Ridgeway was arrested, there was over 9,000 pieces of evidence in the Green River Killer archive. So they're just bagging everything. That's the other thing. Bagging all this stuff up. You've then got a room full of boxes. That's it. You're not you know, quickly then, running through a database. Your computer yeah. searching for you itself in seconds. Yeah this is what I mean you know like I was saying with the Yorkshire Ripper you know they've got all the suspects that they've questioned for various things arrested like Ridgeway as well was arrested a couple of times for soliciting prostitutes you know he was on their radar Peter Sutcliffe the Yorkshire Ripper was arrested for soliciting prostitutes he was on yeah yeah, he was on their radar but because they've got that all in little cards in little boxes you know and it's stored in this room who's going to go in there and go oh yeah you know five filing cabinets deep get in there fucking pull out the card you know check for all the names no one's doing that no so hard and yeah because that takes time you know women get murdered more women are dead so Mm. such a struggle Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so John Douglas from the Behavioural Science Unit began to construct a profile of the man who was now widely known as the Green River Killer. He said physically he would be in relatively good shape and would be somewhat of an outdoorsman. He speculated he was Caucasian, mid-twenties to early thirties, and more than likely he was following the accounts of the murders in the newspapers, possibly cutting them out to look over later. Absolutely. Douglas believed that the killer felt no remorse over his crimes and that he probably felt the girls deserved to die, saying he probably feels like he's providing a service, like for the police, you know, cleaning up the streets. Mm. The crime scene told him that the Green River Killer wasn't looking for publicity or recognition as he wasn't posing or displaying the victims afterward. He theorised that the killer either worked, lived, hunted or fished around the Green River. Right. Uh, And we'll see that that's all true. He would possibly have had previous psychological or criminal history and come from a family with an overbearing mother and he sought out sex workers as he felt too shy and inadequate to be able to pick up women in bars. Do you think he morally then at times would, um, um, if he ever got to a point of having some morals or just a, a empathy at a certain point, he's just sitting there and like, fuck, this is, I shouldn't be doing this. Does then that click in that it's, OK, I'm doing the service for the police, I'm getting rid of the sex workers. Do you think that was his, if, it, if at any point he had remorse, that clicked in and said, no, it's fine. You're, yeah, doing a, you're doing a good job. Don't worry about it. You know. Maybe. Yeah, you do. You're doing a good thing. You know. I think that's the religious element coming in. Yeah, that too. So to, to explain and why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it's so okay. Yeah, it's hard to tell whether he kind of used that as an excuse, you know, or whether that was the religious element coming in and him having that viewpoint from the get-go, as well as whatever else, you know. Yeah. Don't know, but yeah, I'm sure. He thought all of those things. Uh, Okay, so nearing the end of September, a note was sent to the headquarters of the Green River uh, Task Force. I did put this up on the socials as well, this one. It's the one that's all written in kind of like a weird code. Right. Uh, It was written in shaky handwriting and full of spelling mistakes. The writer had titled the note going about catching the green river killer and in it he explained that he'd been tampering with crime with the crime scenes in order to throw the police off he also said that he'd been with between 20 to 40 sex workers whom he hadn't killed in order to have some sort of backup thinking that if they were ever questioned about him they wouldn't have anything bad to say about him so like if they picked him up and went up you know spoke to sex workers and went oh did you go with this guy mm. they would be like yeah I did it was fine mm. and they would probably he's hoping that they'll go oh okay you know we don't need to look at that right um, he also told the police that they should have a better relationship with the women on the street and that they should ask them about their customers and the police <laughs> were doing that they were it, doing that at d- the time is anyway. he wanting to get caught like what I don't know I think he's getting off on the fact that he's evading you know, and he's kind of pushing it to see how how far he can go. I don't think he necessarily wanted to get caught. I think he's just goading the police to kind of go, well, you know, I'm giving you the hints. I bet you still can't get me. Right. I think it's working like that for him. At the end of December, Penny Bristow was hitchhiking home after finishing her shift at the SeaTac Airport, which is Seattle and Tacoma. Uh, she was picked up by a man in a beat-up pickup truck who offered her $20 for a blowjob, and although she wasn't a working girl, she needed the money. 
When they went to engage in the act, though, the man attempted to choke her. She managed to escape and gave police a description of her attacker. White, in his 30s, with brown hair and a moustache. Meanwhile, other girls were still being reported missing. In April 1984, 18-year-old Marie Malvar was picked up on the SeaTac strip, which is where Ridgway picked up a lot of his victims. I'll put the pictures for this up on the socials as well. It's just mainly like this massive long strip of highway. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her boyfriend Richie with her to note down the license plates of the vehicles that she got into and to make sure she was back in a reasonable time. So this is a sex worker with her boyfriend's there just noting down the number yeah. plates. Yeah. That's a very accepting boyfriend. Well, it's probably it not. It's probably, it's probably a boyfriend with a drug habit who, you know, needs some money for it or is probably, you know, in a bad situation and well, she's getting money for... for housing well i'm trying to give him some kudos for taking number plates down at least but i guess because they know it's a killer around so just doing that out precautionally it's just yeah and it's a dangerous dangerous thing anyway isn't it really so Yeah, yeah uh she was picked up by a man in a pickup truck with primer patches on the door richie saw maria's face through the windscreen as the man drove away and he said that she looked like she wanted to get out of the truck so he got in his car and followed oh wow yeah, he was stopped at a red light and he ended up losing the truck. So Marie didn't come back, but Richie was reluctant to talk to the police as they'd been engaging in prostitution. When he did contact them, giving them a vague story, they immediately became suspicious of him. He was even more afraid of telling her father, but he did. And when there was no contact from Maria, after a couple of days, Jose came out to pick Richie up. They went looking for her in the area Richie had last seen her. Who's Jose, her dad? Yeah. Right. After driving around for some time, they found an almost hidden residential street consisting of around 10 houses, and in the driveway of the house at the north end of the street sat the pickup truck that Richie had seen Maria in. Oh, shit, these dudes are being detectives. Yeah. They immediately called the Des Moines PD, who sent out two detectives to speak to the homeowner, who was Ridgeway, and he told them that there was no woman there and never had been, that he lived on his own. The police said that the man had struck them as straightforward enough, hadn't been nervous but curious as to why the police were knocking on his door. Okay. He told them he lived there alone and the police decided that there was no probable cause to search the property. You've got this serial killer going around. Yes, you have, but at the same time... You've got a lot of uh, leads, I suppose, as well. Yeah, and also, you know, you've got uh, a guy who, with his girlfriend, was engaging in prostitution, like they said, you know. And yeah, it's shit to say, but like we see with the police a lot of the times in this kind of time, you know, with Dharma, whose story are they going to believe? Yeah, yeah. You've got a guy who owns a house, who answers the door, nicely dressed, straightforward, not nervous about this, you know, he works, he's got a job, he's got a car, he's got his own house, uh, versus a guy who's looking for his prostitute girlfriend, sex worker for, girlfriend, you know, so it's, it, it's Ri- shit, it's shit, but... Yeah, yeah, for Ridgeway, being um, quite unintelligent, um, he's quite cool and calculated then, you'd expect him to... Yeah. Have, eyes wide open open the doors to the cops yeah he's quite he's sneaky even though he's unintelligent yeah not necessarily organised I'd say but but can pull it off 
yeah, just gets away with it, you know, and, and keeps his calm. Or and, is it because he's so unintelligent, he's managing to pull it off? But no, you'd, yeah. th- you'd think he'd freak out though, so he sees the cops. You would, Almost yeah. Almost run out the back door. He'd be, he'd be nervous about it. Yeah, definitely. So I find that I find that interesting that you know, Smiley Jess has a job and that, and he's not really not very really with it. And then, and yeah, but yeah, low IQ. It's funny. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's very strange. Mm. Uh, in early 1984, the Green River Task Force organised all evidence and tips, and they used an ABC system to categorise suspects. Ridgeway was actually still on the suspect list. A detective remembered him from his arrest in 1982 and said he couldn't shake a feeling about him, and they brought him in for a polygraph test, but he passed. Oh. So that that as well, you know, it was like... It's like I was watching Basic Kings think the other day, and... Uh... Sharon Stone in it and she passes a test but then again is she the killer in the end oh actually no she's not is no, she is so, that spoiler other spoiler that other woman <laughs> so I suppose that will make sense but okay so right then this makes it even harder so this less low intelligence person has yeah. passed a fucking lie detector yeah but it makes me wonder if is he's, it because he's so low intelligence is it, yeah though? is it because he's low intelligence like you were just saying you know yeah. he doesn't really show any emotion to the police so yeah. does can he just go in there and show completely no like, emotion mm. and also i think because he's he doesn't give a shit yeah he doesn't care about these women you know i think it's just it's a normal thing normal thing for him for him yeah you know and he's just kind of like he doesn't care that much like we'll go on I've got it down in my notes kind of later on you know obviously when he's arrested and he's kind of going around telling the people telling the detectives about the the sites where he's left the bodies and they take him out to show the police where the bodies are they say he's got such a mad recall for the body dump sites and the maps to the bodies and stuff but the women almost autistic yeah the women are just like can't remember them they could be interchangeable you know it could be anybody well yeah because and the care for them it's got it's, no no it's, recognition of them the faces you yeah, know it's, who it's they not, were how old they were yeah. no just does not care I think like we were saying with um, it's just when the we act did, isn't it the when act. we did David Parker Ray mm. uh, the toy box killer guy yeah and we were saying, you know, there was a, I remember there was a psychiatrist, I think, who spoke about it and said, when you blow your nose on the tissue, on a tissue in the morning, throw it in the bin, go to work, do you think about that tissue the rest of the day? You know, it's just, that is the level of feeling that someone like this can have for their victim. Yeah. Just don't care. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokes. So, in February 1984, a reporter at the Seattle newspaper, the Post Intelligencer, received a coded typewritten letter which did contain information that had not yet been released by police and was signed off, Call Me Fred. Uh, The letter was given to the police who tested it for fingerprints and they found one and stored it for future use in case they happened to find one to match it against uh, a GRK crime scene. So, like we were saying, you know, obviously they're they're forward thinking with this. Mm. They haven't got any evidence from crime scenes at the moment, but anything they can get, you know, they're hanging on to. So they're pretty forward thinking with that. Uh, by June the sixteenth, nineteen eighty-four, the official toll of the Green River Killer was twenty-six, eighteen identified bodies, and the rest bones. 
in October, a mushroom hunter discovered a human skull and bone fragments in an area that was already known as a Green River Killer body dump site. Well, don't and go looking for mushrooms. I know. Oh, hopefully in, this mushroom's been grown on a body. And in November, a hunter found another body close to the White River. On the highway nearby, police found pornography and a sadomasochistic paperback novel. Okay, they think that was linked? Yeah, possibly. What, so he's out there reading? Dunno. Okay. Seems Unless odd. Seems looking, odd. Looking at pictures, I can't imagine him reading a book, but it's a bit weird to find that near the near the body site and it not be connected. <clears throat> yes and no. Bunch of kids having a wank in the woods. I suppose. Do you remember the old days of finding porn in the woods? Uh, I, I remember <laughs> I remember as a child with my mates. Bygone days. Uh, as a secondary, I was probably, we were probably like 13, no, 12, 13, and we were all in a big park and there was a big bridge and went underneath it and there was a plastic bag under the water. Oh my god, proper stash. Uh, proper stash. What is this we found? And it's completely sealed wow. up and it was just loads of smart. Was it bad though? Or was it just standard? No, <laughs> I, 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 as far as I remember, I think it's standard and I think we all sort of split up the the the, the stash. Oh my god, I bet whoever that was was Gutted. gutted when he came back. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, where's my wank mag? <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-internet, so, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what I mean. Before internet, you always used to find random muddy porn in the woods, in the yeah. woods I, didn't no, you? No, I remember the first <laughs> time I ever saw sex toys or anything like that, I was quite a lot younger, where I was at my grand's house in the woods opposite their house, and I found a porn mag just there. <gasps> and I was just like, what is this? And it was dildos. I oh, my God. But I didn't know what they were. I yeah. didn't, didn't make sense in my head what they were. But I'd just seen all these, like, oh, God, this is a naked woman. I've never seen. <laughs> Oh I can't remember quite clearly just been not aroused like I was probably too young <laughs> just yeah. like what yeah definitely so weird eye opening <laughs> oh god okay so meanwhile the task force's uh, $200,000 computer system finally went live and it would be a tremendous help in collating evidence and cross referencing leads but obviously people have got to input all the information first so you know that's a hold your breath on for that it's on the way it's coming but it's, it's going like to take a bit nowadays. Yeah. no it's going to take a bit <clears throat> for that to be sorted and, and now you have things like my DNA is out there because I did the 43 and me. Oh, okay. So, like, um, nowadays you've got a lot of people who are quite happily giving their DNA away. I remember yeah. someone I work with and they're like, oh, I'd never do that. I don't want people to know my DNA. It's like, why? Why? What, what are you going to do? What are they going to use that for? I know I'm a decent person <laughs> and I'm never going to do a murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no issue with yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's take fine. my DNA, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, so up until 1984, the task force had cost $2 million already. So they've only been going for a couple of years as well. So it's already cost $2 million. Yeah. So do, they do just throw money at this, though. It's, it's, it's good. It's good to see, yeah. you know. It's really good to well, see. Throw, Obviously, it's frustrating for them because it's, it's such a struggle to get anywhere. Throw money at the green red or throw money at the DNA at the, technology? At the, task, at the whole task force. Oh, right. Okay, to catch yeah, that's good. Him. Yeah, that's 
the task force have cost two million yeah. in two years. You the, know the, what what happens is is the pressure, the public pressure, the pressure from the press. We'll see. Yeah, we'll go on to this see that. Obviously, they kind of start going. Well, you, you know, we're throwing all this money at you, but we're but not really getting anywhere. But they're proof? trying. You know, trying so hard. It's just crazy. It's such a shit situation. It's it's so always so unfortunate for detectives stuff like that. It's their their job. They're they're just looking all day at pictures of. Yeah. victims and stuff like that but then they're getting pissed the public are like we need our safety you need to yeah, get this killer like, because we need to be walking the streets safe at night yeah, but they're like but fucking, like fucking give us a break we're trying yeah you know and think how it would have been obviously for these detectives you know they're on this case all day every day god knows what their working day consists of it must be like fucking probably working 18 hours yeah. a day or you, something you don't shit. see your family you know looking at looking at pictures of fucking kids basically you know the majority of Ridgeway's victims were between like 15 to fucking 19 yeah terrifying yeah you know, same, same age as my daughter it's fucking awful so you, in, in a way you kind of got to give them a like okay yeah fair enough yeah yeah I think it's it's so easy you uh, like to be a member of the public and but kind it's of being be, be incensed by that, you know, yeah, and get it's whipped up. By, it's the press that whip it the, up. Yeah. Whipped up by the media and then people get annoyed and kind of go, come on, come on. It's like, yeah, give them a break, you yeah. know, imagine what they're fucking going through. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think at any point the press would, when they're dissing them, the cops would ever say, well, the tra- Detective Smith was going through a traumatic morning this morning. Really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just he's, actually he's, say what they, you know, what they've, going through you know look at finding all these remains there's searching through skeletons trying to put skeletons back together to identify these women but still happens now that case recently in the the uk the lady that went missing in the river yep that went on and on and on and everyone was dissing the cops and their tactics and why were they looking the river etc etc and they did Did find her in the river yeah did they yeah i was gonna say did they ever find her she was in the river was she yeah Okay. It's it like a different point further down or something. It, that's why I didn't I know. It's always very suspicious. No, sus- no, I didn't. does seem suspicious that all of a sudden, it's like, why didn't anyone find her? Like, people been walking on this bit. What, what the fuck? Yeah. So it was really weird. Like, But uh, then it comes into, like, what? Are you saying that someone bob- bumped her off, then took her back and put her in the river later? But yeah. how would you do that with everyone looking all the time? So I don't know. You look into it sometime. Go Weird. Back into it, okay, yeah, I have yeah. to get back into that. I'll just get so fucking waylaid because loads of stuff comes on top. But yeah, but I that, have just but been, was... been following the um, that Laurie Vallow trial at the moment. No, I don't you know, know. Laurie Vallow and Chad Daybell. No. no, they killed fucking. They killed. Uh, basically, she's a doomsday fucking uh, Latter Day Saints doomsday woman who got involved with this guy Chad Daybell, who's also a Latter Day Saints doomsday fucking nut job. They thought everyone was a demon, apparently, or possessed by demons. They ended up killing... uh, She got her brother to kill her husband. Then they killed Chad Daybell's wife. And then they killed uh, Laurie Vallow's daughter and uh, the kid that they'd adopted, the son they'd adopted, the autistic boy, and just nicked off. And were like, no, no, we didn't do it. And then they found the kids fucking buried in the garden. So she's on trial at the moment. Anyways, hopefully she's going to fucking go down and that other country's with because that is disgusting. Mm, Okay. 
But there you go. Uh, so yeah, I'll yeah. just get waylaid by stuff and so much true crime. That's so why. So much murder. That's why, as a podcast doing <laughs> true crime, we're never going to not have stuff to talk about. But yeah, going yeah, back definitely. to very quickly. So as in recent, just uh, uh, in the last past six months, this lady in the UK, the, we, not you and I, the UK public, had the press pushing them and the were to the point like, what are they doing? Da, da, da. So even now... Yeah, with technology, oh, still yeah, still definitely. getting scrutinised for not doing a good job. Yeah, I think that will always happen. They'll always yeah. be, That's what be given, like, given shit, won't they? And going, what are you doing about this? And it's like we don't understand the process. We haven't really got yeah. a, a leg to stand on to give them shit, really. Yeah. Although I will agree, sometimes they could do a lot better. Okie dokes. So, also in November that year, two of the lead investigators on the task force visited with Ted Bundy while he was incarcerated to see if he could offer any help with profiling the Green River Killer. He did tell them that he felt the Green River Killer was returning to the bodies to have sex with them, which he was, (sighs) uh, but everything else he said was largely irrelevant. Uh, in 1985, March the 10th, a man riding his bike stopped near the old Star Lake gravel pit and walked into the woods away as he was looking for a new spot to ride his bike. As he scanned the slope leading down to the creek, something round and partly covered with moss caught his eye. He contacted a friend who was riding nearby to come and confirm what he suspected and together they made their way down the incline to take a closer look. Their worst fears were confirmed when they saw it was indeed a human skull. By the time it was reported, it was too dark for a proper search, but the next morning the task force arrived. As well as the skull, they found 23 rib bones, an arm bone, a femur, two clavicles and some scattered teeth. Hmm. Meanwhile, Ridgeway was feeling untouchable since he'd evaded the police so far though his desire to murder had waned a little since he'd joined Parents Without Partners as he hadn't been sure of female attention. In early 1985, he met a woman named Judith at a Parents Without Partners country and western night. She'd been married but discovered that her her husband was gay and they had divorced. She was impressed by Ridgeway's stability. He owned his own home and had been working at the Kenworth Truck Company as a spray painter since 1969. Judith described him as nice, sweet and gentle and they had shared shared interests in camping and garage sales. Camping and garage sales? Apparently, according to her, you know, obviously on that documentary as well that I recommended that I will put the link up to, there's a lot of interviews with her. And it's crazy, you know, and she's kind of going, never knew a thing about it. You know, she's like Is looking she back of a on low it. Intelligence? She seems absolutely fine. No issue at all. Is she he, was, was saying... Was he a handsome guy or was he, well, was he average? Was he, well, what would she say? Uh, he's all right if you like that sort of thing, I suppose. Not my bag, obviously, but like... I'm just thinking how he can, like, like he's been married twice. Like, he, he mm. must... Women tend to seem to be liking him this woman here this is giving us an example he's of him just standard bloke i'd say i guess also she's saying she's into stability and this is it you know we, we she's are. discovered that her husband was gay you know obviously that's yeah. been a shock well, for we're, her. we're at that age now sort of middle-aged stuff where, where relationships have we've we've had our first part of our life relationship big, yeah. big relationship sort of things yeah. situations and then we are wiser and have gone through stuff like that but at the same time some people do need 
the stability and especially then as well and the old fashioned man goes to work lady stays at home yeah she might be looking go oh great yeah i i need someone so that that need and want uh is is a pull as well i suppose and if he's coming yeah. across as a stable uh person that can hold down a job and put money on uh, put food on the table then yeah yeah definitely I guess. you know and like she's saying she, you know she always said he was quiet he was so lovely to her he was always really considerate and caring yeah you know but then is it kind of shows her saying oh you know there was a few nights when he'd say oh I'm going to be home from work late I'll get a burger on the way home or I'm just going to stop off at the scrapyard and, I'm just going just gonna to murder know, she's a kind street of worker on the way home yeah, picking, up, picking up sex workers and fucking <laughs> killing them you know she does say in the in the uh, documentary as well she's like he could have killed me or he could have killed my daughters you know yeah, but I don't but think no, he ever would because no, that wasn't that's not, that wasn't not what MO. he was there for no he's there uh, he kills sex workers he wouldn't kill his wife he wouldn't kill the kids that's why I always struggled with these things it's like say the the ice man you know the uh, mafia yeah Kuklinski uh, Kuklinski like the fact he's just I find him fascinating I find him so fascinating to watch because he's so calm when he's talking on his interviews so calm yeah but yeah he had his home life you know I think I think there's a difference though because he, he was, was a hired he was, he hired, was yeah. a hit map wasn't yeah. he it isn't the same but, so but I do find it fascinating weird, when you weird have, to say but it's work I guess in I do quotation it, marks but it is fascinating though well, we do have these serial killers but have family lives and they're so lovely BTK. to their kids yeah so lovely to their kids yep but yeah, to have they're, that, they're killing children or whatever. To have that separation, mm. yeah, it's crazy. Like we were saying, BTK, you know, Imagine. he had his own daughters, but he fucking killed a little girl in his first murder, didn't he? And fucking this, this, jizzed on her. Yeah, this might when she was this, hanging from the This pipe. might almost make a good story. I don't know if it would. It sounds like it could be a Korean story. But what if you had a serial killer who's doing this and has a family life that, but then another serial killer comes and kills his child? Then you have oh, serial yeah. killer on serial killer. Oh my god! That sounds Korean. So it'd kind of be like that. Um, I saw the devil, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. If he wasn't a, a cop, he was another serial killer. Just a serial killer. killer, serial killer. <laughs> That'd be quite good. Yeah, I love that film so much. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, that dude full on got his dick broke with that hammer. It's like, whoa! Stop spoiling it for the listeners. <laughs> Carry on. That's an incentive to go and watch it. Yeah, never spoil it though. You enjoy that when you watch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ridgeway was picked up by the Green River Task Force again early in 1985 when Penny Bristow, if you remember from earlier, yep. when he offered her the $20 blowjob, yep. filed a complaint against him three years after the choking incident had occurred. He admitted that he had tried to choke her, but only because she had bitten him during oral sex. Penny eventually decided not to press charges and the police had to let him go if they'd only known how close... Uh, he was correct in assuming the, that the police had no evidence to connect him with the murders at that time. Imagine that, though. You've done, like, knocking on for 30 murders and the police are still none the wiser. Fucking crazy. You must be like, <laughs> I am the best. And they're pulling him in. They've arrested him, like, two two times now, I it, think, or three a, times, and a, let him go. He's to a point of, I'm, I don't have to even worry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, okay, so it was correct in assuming that the police had no evidence to connect him with the murders at that time, but he didn't know that the third time of being spoken to by the task force had now elevated him to an A suspect, so he's right at the top of the suspect list now. Hmm. Uh, he was followed and put under surveillance for a time, but no evidence could be found of him causing harm to anyone, despite the fact that he was noted to regularly visit sex workers. Right. Uh, in June 1985, a worker operating a bulldozer in the neighbouring state of Oregon uncovered a human skull, two pelvises and a number of rib bones. Ridgway later admitted to dumping some bodies over state lines in an effort to throw off the detectives. Okay. A week later, more remains were found, a complete skull, a rib, an arm, part of a pelvis and a section of vertebrae that had been there for approximately two to three years. Two days after that, two more skeletons were discovered and on June the 28th, the FBI officially joined the investigation as victims had been taken across state lines. Ah, so that's then they can join it. Could they not have done that anyway? Uh, I don't think so. It's weird. It is weird, it is. Sure, but, surely, but, like, <laughs> we, yeah, just, oh, we no, just need to would, stop this fucker. You would think forget, if they've got forget over... The, forget tape, blue tape, or red tape, or whatever. Yeah, you would <clears> think <throat> if they've got over 30 bodies already, yeah, or yeah. around that number, you know, the FBI would be like, why, we've got a problem here, you need some help. <laughs> yeah. Um, in September, a teacher accompanying a class on a visit to Seattle's Stewart Park found a human skull. And wow. when the search crew, when the search crew arrived, they found an entire skeleton at the base of an old fir tree. So it's just like it's, that's what I mean. It's just body, body, miss? body, body. Miss. Well, no, it was a teacher that found it. Yeah, but it, Miss, uh, uh, what's that? Um, it's an old. St- it's a skull. <laughs> It's a skull. It's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, In November, the task force was awarded another federal grant for the sum of a million dollars, and expectations for an arrest arrest soon were high. Like we were saying, when that arrest wasn't forthcoming, however, taxpayers and politicians alike began to complain about the expense of keeping the task force running. Hmm. The FBI wrote a summary of the cases in an attempt to isolate any patterns that may have been missed. There was no racial preference with the victims, uh, which is usual. Is, uh, that's unusual with serial killers. A lot of the time, serial killers will stick we'll to, to their race. own racial. Oh. So, uh, I never knew that. Ser- serial killers of colour will usually murder people what? of colour, you know, or, uh, or, or yeah, uh, or Caucasian serial killers well, so will a black, usually. Black serial killer just kill generally black people. Generally, yeah. That's. Wow, I don't, I, don't, I, just, uh, I don't know. Never put all this in my head. I've never or, put colour. Oh yeah, they will, they will have like it. they will have like some racial, if not that, you know. Then the serial killer will just murder a certain race. No, it doesn't have to be their own race, but it will be a certain race I, of people. It's so funny. I've never ever contemplated race in, yeah. in in victims. I don't know why, but now you when you look at it, you're like, yeah, it generally stays the same sort. Why is that? No idea. Just just the way people are wired, I suppose. Like, I'm not saying that's the way it is for all murderers. It's not, obviously, Ridgeway. You know, he don't, don't care. So, so yeah, go on then. You're saying Ridgeway. So what's he doing? He, he's, he's just anyone. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it don't matter. 
series. That's how I assumed it would have been for anyone, you see. Yeah, Yeah. so I've never thought about that. How interesting. No, yeah, you'll find, you know, they do have... Well, from now on... They have preferences, so it could be racial preference. It could be an age, a certain age of women, or like Ted Bundy, it's the appearance. You know, it's women with long, dark hair. Yeah. Uh, Berkowitz, it's couples, you know, in cars. and so, So it's... There's something there that they can go to, you know. But with Ridgeway, it's Caucasian women. It's it's uh, women of colour, you know. It's yeah, which, which I just assumed it would have been just if you're a killer, it's like it doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, especially as we're going with the the him not really remembering features stuff. Obviously, for him, it doesn't mean anything. So yeah, so colour doesn't mean anything. It's no, it's, it's just it's, it's the just taking the of the life. Act. It is that situation. It is that idea of cleaning up the streets. You know, yeah, the act itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but going forwards, as as we stumble on other episodes of uh, serial killers at once in a while when we do it, um, I'll keep an ear out for yeah. this and and. You know. Yeah, see if you can spot the pattern. Yeah, or just see that it's like, oh, this is just uh, Eastern European people or for, yeah. or certain colour or whatever. And just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the Green River Killer victim list currently consisted of 26 Caucasian women, 10 African American, and one Native American. Uh, all victims were believed to have suffered either manual or ligature strangulation as a means of death. The task force followed up on tip on a tip of about a local woodsman uh, stroke trapper in the area named Barney Tickenborg. Even going Not so far, Barney Tickenballs. Tickle no, <laughs> uh, I did want to kind of go into this a bit more because this guy is fucking bananas. It's no wonder they got tipped off that this guy was a suspect. Um, he used to apparently he used to keep a mannequin in the bed of his pickup truck which he would just stab with a knife randomly <laughs> <laughs> there was loads is it every of time like shit. oh don't don't ask Barry over there he's stuck in traffic don't he's gonna get oh he's stabbing his mannequin again oh, there's fucking traffic there's yeah fucking- he's just fucking he's crazy like loads of shit if you read the book you'll see it in there because she kind of goes into his into his exploits in there but this guy's fucking batshit honestly it's no wonder they fucking got tipped off about him yeah uh yeah so they even went so far as to get a search warrant for his mother's house where tickenborg lived however they found no evidence and after tickenborg was brought in and passed a polygraph test he was released being cleared as a suspect three months later could you possibly please not stab the mannequin when you're in traffic oh he was doing all sorts of shit and apparently like because he was a trapper as well Mm. most of his traps were set around the areas where the bodies were being found so that was another kind of suspicion that they had with him what if he just trapped Gary oh no that'd be crazy Gary's standing there trapped not being able to move his legs fucking in a bear trap or whatever rabbit trap and he's got a dead body there and he's stuck imagine that that'd be crazy just like what have I trapped I can hear it oh it's Ridgeway. Um, in March 1986, two park workers discovered what appeared to be human bones at the base of a large tree in the park. There was no skull, just a human torso and spine. On May the 2nd, an employee of a halfway house was looking for a runaway teenager when they discovered the weathered bones of another victim of the Green River Killer. 
In June, another skull and some bones were found not far away, and uh, a new detective had taken over the task force, and they began to reevaluate their list of suspects. It had taken some time for officers to input all the data, evidence, tips, and suspects into the new computer system, but it was finally running at full tilt, and Gary Ridgway's name began to be more and more visible to detectives. They realised he had been spoken to on a number of occasions in uh, in regard to soliciting sex workers. He had also been arrested for the attack on Penny Bristow and officers had been to his house in relation to the disappearance of Marie Malvar when her boyfriend had spotted her earlier in Ridgeway's truck. Yeah. Uh, in many ways, he didn't fit the, quote, normal serial killer stereotype. He was apparently happily married with a young son and had been in steady employment for over two decades. One of the task force members felt it was too many hits to be ignored, but the evidence they had at the moment was all circumstantial. Mm. Nevertheless, he spoke to the King County prosecutors and convinced them to grant a search warrant. Ridgway was arrested and taken to Kent Police Department, where he was photographed and required to give hair and DNA samples, while detectives executed search warrants on his house, his locker at work, his pickup, his father's pickup, and the Dodge Dart that Judith drove. This is all good. What was his? Do we know his reaction when he was arrested? Like, or how did he? I appeared? think. I think every time he's been nicked, he's just been cool like, and calm. He's just straight, been straight. Line. Yeah, just <clears throat> all through. He does not. Oh, I don't. I can't think. I've watched like quite a lot of his interrogation. I've watched his his sentencing and stuff like that doesn't show any emotion just really doesn't like he's quite chatty in the interrogation he's quite you know he's smiley he's kind of okay being there but i think that's Low because IQ. well as well i think that's because he's now going to get the opportunity to go over all of the crimes that he did he's now going to get the opportunity to talk about how he's evaded the police for fucking 20 odd years you know he gets to relive all his shit and as we've seen from doing this and like having an interest in true crime if there's one thing that they love it's fucking talking about the murders and how good they are at it and you know and just reliving it so I think he was quite happy when he got arrested mm -hmm. but aside from that he just doesn't show any emotion until the sentencing uh, because they the judge gave the families 10 minutes each to speak to him mm. and at one point he actually cries wow I know what gets him crying uh, one of the victims dad says that he forgives him <sighs> fucking hell yeah super super like emotional <coughs> feel myself welling Excuse up me. just yeah. thinking of it is super super sad um yeah cause and and that's really interesting. He's sitting there the whole time. He's not expecting that. Yeah. So for yeah. someone's, I forgive you, and then him, that's broken the ball, the barrier in himself is, is what he's put up. Just yeah, broken definitely. it enough to go, oh, my God. And that's stabbed him in the actual heart of actual uh, empathy. Or, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, switched on that empathy button for a moment. He's gone oh fuck and I, yeah. I guess at that moment probably realised and I would have thought later on in prison um, in solidarity and stuff uh, solidarity in, in, in when he's on his own sol solitary solitary 
<laughs> and uh, uh, probably contemplated that. Yeah, that possibly. He probably ended up having a little bit more empathy than when he was out on the streets. Uh, yeah, maybe. I would have thought just a, a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think thought. it's because the guy was kind of talking about, you know, God says to forgive and all that, and obviously which oh, was God, quite, quite he's religious. religious as well. You know, I think that kind of hit him. So, yeah, it does show emotion then. That, but, yeah, if yeah. you want to watch that, you can just... You can go on YouTube and watch that, but it's super, super emotion. So make sure you've got your tissues. Uh, Right, where am I? (laughs) Uh, After the search warrant was done on his work locker, the other employees gave Ridgeway the nickname Green River Gary without even knowing how on the nose they were. Wow. So he's probably like, yeah, I'm just getting ready. It's a bit more of a thorough thing this time than there has been when the police have caught stopped me before yeah, and stuff. It's, it's a bit it's more, so, but he's probably still like I'm going to get away with this yeah yeah probably mm. um, unfortunately nothing was found that could connect Ridgeway to the murders but any items taken were bagged for potential use later so obviously like we were saying with the DNA thing you know it just wasn't really used as standard at that time but they have taken stuff yeah. that could be tested when scientific things get a bit better so yeah uh in may workmen on a construction site unearthed more bones when they were digging holes for a swing set they were eventually identified to be a woman who had been missing for six years and whereabouts was this uh this is just kind of in the area it's all you know if you check out the um like i said check out the map on socials It's kind of just. Was it like a five five mile radius? Are we speaking? No, it's probably Lesson? a bit more. It's probably okay. a bit more than that. It's quite a, like quite 10. a way, but yeah. like you know, like I was saying, a lot of them kind of in. They're together in sites, you know. And okay. Here and there, uh, detectives brought in an ex expert microscopist like I was saying earlier here we go uh, to see if it was possible to identify the tiny paint flecks that had been found on the scraps of clothing on one of the corpses matches were found to an expensive paint that was mostly used on commercial vehicles and they began to look at companies with high standards who might use that specific paint including the Kenworth trucking company where Ridgeway worked right Uh, okay and just before we go on to the next bit, I have got um, some uh, clip of some people being interviewed, some kids who found some bones in the woods from 1987. So should we have a listen to that before we move along? Yeah, let's listen to that now. Tell me, first of all, where you were and how you discovered these. Well, I, could, I can't, you know, name the road exactly because I really don't know the road. It's just um, in a canyon going down a hill. And my mom had dropped me and a friend off to, you know, start collecting cans there, and she'd meet us back later. Well, I went down the hill, I picked up a few cans and walked about 20 feet up the canyon a little and seen, discovered the bones. Just lying there out in the yeah, open? just lying, too, too like, they were like leg bones, two long leg bones. I picked one up, you know, just, just to see if it was a bone, it was, and I set it back down, picked up a stick, started, you know, moving in the area of the plywood where the body will, you know, there's, you know, bones all underneath the plywood, all scattered up, you know, above the skull. And I must have triggered some because the skull felt, you know, come rolling down. And then that's when I just kind of sat there for a minute and started screaming for my friend. Was it in a real wooded area or bushy or was it open? Well, it wasn't too wooded. You know, it wasn't open. You know, it was like the canyon with the trees on the side. You know, that was about it. So. 
Christ, I can And this looked like what, a riverbed or... Uh, old creek bed, dried up creek bed. About like that, and then they had, um... Above the skull with some more bones. Of the, um... Skeleton. So you definitely thought it was human? Oh yeah, it, there was no doubt about it. it you know, it, I couldn't say if it was a girl or a boy, you know, but I know it wasn't a man because it, the teeth were small, and, you know, it, it was weird. <laughs> Any clothes or anything else around? Mm-mm, just bones. Well, what did you think about this? <laughs> I didn't know what to think. I couldn't believe it, you know, I was just shocked, you know. Going out collecting cans and find a body, it's just unbelievable, you know. It's <laughs> So I ran up and got my friend, and he weighed, weighed down a guy, and he went and called the cops. Was it pretty scary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely scary. You've been reading about the Green River Oh, yeah, stuff. for a long time. You think that might be anything close? Well, I'm not sure if it is or not. You know, the, the cops ain't even sure just yet, but I have a pretty good feeling it might be because, you know, it's in the, it's in the area, and it's, you know, it looks like a woman. But it could be, you know, a, a little kid, too, that, you know, washed up out there in the creek somewhere. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, going looking for cans and you find bones. Yeah, and he's just, he's quite a young kid as well. I'm going to say he's less than 20 years old. Oh, yeah, he sounds like 16, less, Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, what a fucking... You know, obviously, in like films like Stand By Me, you know, and they're all going off looking for the body, but I think Still. when you find when you find it... It's a different story, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Fucking trauma. Yeah. So yeah, that was an interview from 1987 with uh, someone that found one of the bodies or okay. the remains. No, no, unfortunately, right. that would have happened a few times. People yeah, finding stuff. Yeah, like we've seen, you know, from just what we've done so far. So many people just hmm. finding bodies. You know, that teacher out with the class finds a fucking skull. Yeah. You know, they're all over the bloody place. It's just yeah. bananas to think that in this... Because we started in 1982. We're only up to 1988 at the moment. I haven't even been through all the times that people have discovered the bodies, yeah. you know. So it's yeah. just like, it's body, week later, there's four more. A couple of days later, here's another two, you know. It's like, here's some bones. It's fucking bananas. So to think that he only killed 48 women... I think is is crazy. Obviously, that's all they can connect him with. So that's all all he's been charged with. I would say, yeah, it's so likely that he's knocked off up to a hundred women. Yeah, really easy. Yeah. Uh, okay, back to the story. In June 1988, Ridgway and Judith were married, and in December of the same year, in a last-ditch attempt to appeal to the Green River Killer, a television programme was aired in the style of America's Most Wanted. So he's got time. married again? He's married, he's married Judith, that lady. Third time. Who he was doing garage, garage sales with and stuff, you know, and that's it, that's it now, they, they're together. Right. Um, in the style of America's Most Wanted, entitled Manhunt, A Chance to End the Nightmare. The programme featured interviews with victims' families and information about the homicides. Detectives appeared on the show to give the profile of the man they were looking for, and they also appealed directly to the Green River Killer himself, telling him that he must pay for his crimes and that he should turn himself in. Meanwhile, semen that had been found in one of the first bodies discovered, like I was saying earlier, they found some in... Uh, is it Marcia, I think her name was, and also Opal. So, hang the on. First Sorry, hasn't he already been arrested? 
They're searching everything. But did they? Yeah. Let, they, they let they let him go because they didn't find anything because obviously they haven't got the DNA stuff at that time. So they've took some bits and bobs, but there's no direct <laughs> evidence to say this is the man you're looking for. Jesus so he's been arrested Christ. again and let go. What the fuck? Uh, so, arrested yeah. marriage, arrested marriage, you know. Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Uh, so, yeah, like I was saying, they did find semen in a couple of the first bodies that were found, the one in the river and the one on the bank. Right. Um, so they've te- they've now been able to test that. Um, it was tested and discovered to be from a man with type O blood, but they were still no closer to catching Ridgeway. Hmm. Uh, coming into 1990, and the days of the Green, Green River Task Force were numbered, they had started with 70 detectives assigned to the case, and now... Like seven now they were down to 17 right with a, around 15 million dollars being spent since it was started my god oh no so we are now going to fast forward to 2001 whoa what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> it just went cold they just couldn't get any further you know uh, mem- so, so he still got away he still got away is he still all murdering um, he did slow down apparently when they he always got, do, he got don't married they? To, they when he always, got married to yeah, Judith. Yeah. yeah, he did slow down. Unless, Obviously, he's getting older. You know, he's though, probably if she did like right, that's it, divorced him. It'd be straight oh, he back would have. He'd have gone off again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know, but like, we find they do like the uh, the um, the killer who was the um, was found out by DNA from his uh, relative. Uh, Golden State. Golden State. He just completely slowed down to all, didn't he? Yeah. Just turned into nice, oh, I'm just going to just have a life now. And but just that's like, it. what the fuck? You know, you get older, like we're discovering, you get older, you get knackered easily, <clears throat> you probably put your back out, you're not as strong as you, <laughs> as you once were. As I'm sitting here with a slightly sprained ankle from oh, a bad no. pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. Oh. Um, <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, also he's married to Judith. You know, he's actually, I think, happy as much as he can be with her. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's getting the sex that he wanted. Freeze the magic. Yeah, but then again, his libido's probably a lot less. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's gone down as well. So he's probably like getting into more normal territory of, yeah. of, a, of a husband and that now. Yeah, but he, he is still murdering. But you can still, still be a horn dog with your other half and not murder people. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, but it depends if they're into that as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. You got to have a partner who's the same. Yeah. Yeah. And and a, a lot of, a lot of people don't know, do they? Really? Yeah. It's quite weird the amount of people that get together with someone who they haven't really got anything in common with. Yeah. I'm sure it's just a like out of necessity or what they feel is necessity and kind of go, oh, I should be married by this age. I better just settle for whatever. And, and for him, he probably then was like not getting for what oh, I want sex all the time. And this mm. woman or the other, the other partner's just like, no, I'm not really into that. And then that's like uh, anger and yeah. frustration where like yeah now this lady third marriage round he has got older presumably he's not as horny and it's not so much an issue mm. I guess yep okay it's I, crazy I, though that he's still out there at this point I know yeah so yeah now 2001 <sighs> okay. so me- members of the task force have moved on through, through the police force and various uh, police related jobs you know kind of split up the task force 
uh, but all the tips and evidence were still stored on the computer in standby mode. One of the previous members of the task force was appointed sheriff of King County and found that he was in a position to reopen the case. On November the 30th, police contacted the Kenworth Trucking Company to inform them that two detectives would be making a visit that day and that none of the workers should be notified. They came to speak to Ridgeway under the pretense that one of the victim's daughters had been asking about her mother and they wanted to know if Ridgeway had known or dated her. The girl they asked about was Opal Mills, the victim they had found some semen in. Uh, Ridgeway denied having known her and when they asked he also denied having sex with her and the detectives then left and Ridgeway carried on with his day so obviously they know that he's lying about that because they've found hmm. semen in there yeah. um, when he left work at 3pm he encountered two different detectives who informed him that he was under arrest for murder at the same time another pair of detectives went to the house that Ridgeway shared with Judith to give her the news before she heard it through the media and to question her. They asked her... <laughs> just, just that she's... And the fact that she's going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, totally. Can you imagine? Uh, they asked her if she knew her husband had a history of soliciting sex workers, which she denied. She eventually admitted that she'd never asked questions that may have upset her perfect marriage. The detectives eventually told Judith that Ridgeway was now suspect number one in the Green River killings. Oh, and you, oh your perfect marriage is yeah, so not it's perfect. about to come down, mate. And that they had now confirmed Ridgeway's DNA had been left inside at least three of the victims. The Whoa. crime scene response team searched all four houses that Ridgeway had lived in over the last 20 years. And the police currently had evidence to connect Ridgeway to four of the victims, and the federal government pledged $500,000 towards DNA testing on the other victims. Right. On December the 5th, Ridgeway was formally charged with four counts of aggravated murder, and he was told that no plea bargain would be accepted. If he was convicted, he would either face life in prison without parole or the death penalty, and Ridgeway pled not guilty. Uh, when police had executed the search warrants on Ridgeway's work locker back in 1987, they had taken his work overalls, and when they were retested, microscopic flecks of paint were found that were a match to some that had also been found on three more of the victims. On March 27, 2002, Ridgeway was charged with another three counts of aggravated murder. He offered to plead guilty to the original counts and show the location of undiscovered bodies if he could avoid the death penalty, and prosecutors countered that they would avoid seeking the death penalty if he pled guilty to all murders committed in King County, which would mean admitting to any murders before 1982 and after 1985. Ridgeway accepted and he was kept in the task force headquarters, handcuffed and under guard while he was questioned and gave the locations of more victims. He must have knew that this day was coming. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, this is it now. You know, he's, he's arrested. He's telling them where the bodies are. So mm. this is it for him now. Um, but he's just enjoying it. You know, he gets to relive it. He gets to go back over what he did to them. So I'm sure he's fucking loving it. I'm sure he's having a right old time. Mm. In August 2003, on information given by Ridgeway, another body was found in a wooded area near Enumclaw. Do you know what happened in Enumclaw? <laughs> no. What? 
from a previous ep- episode. <laughs> what, what, what was that? You remember Big Dick? Big Dick and Mr. Hands. Horse sex. Oh, no. The Enum Claw horse sex. <laughs> <laughs> no. And when detectives revisited a lot that they'd previously been unable to access, they found 19 human bones. Another victim was found at one of the previous dump sites, and yet another was found at the bottom of a ravine close to Ridgeway's home. Ridgeway had a sharp recall of where the bodies had been left, but could never recall names or faces of the victims, like we were saying earlier. Um, When questioned, Ridgeway began to tell detectives that he felt so much pressure in his life and that he found killing was the only way to release it. However, they didn't buy it. Ridgeway was happily married on the face of things. Their children had grown up and moved out, and Ridgeway had been in the same job for over three decades. Uh, kids, just got something to uh, say. Um, your dad's been arrested. Dad's I been arrested? I always think about that, you what, know. What, what for? Oh, he's been murdering sex workers for a long time. I always think about, like... The wives, obviously, or the partners, but the, but kids, the kids as well, you know, to find that out. You, you, that, the person that loves you, you love, you go on trips on holidays, it's just such a lovely I person, just, cuddles and kisses, and then that's taken away from you. Yeah, and he's I just a horrible don't know. Man. Your trust in, in humans is probably yeah. going out the window. I just don't know how you would process that at no, all as, no. a, as think, a child, you know, I don't of, think of a murderer. We ever think of the, the victims of the children of the actual killers. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Um, he had. He eventually admitted that he killed for the sake of it, and he said, all I wanted to do was have sex with them and kill them. Uh, when investigators questioned how he did it, he said, I asked them if they were dating and told them what I wanted. I waved money at them, and they decided yes or no, adding that he offered them more than they would usually get as he would just take the money back after he killed them. He said he'd killed some of them outdoors after he'd spread a blanket on the ground. Some of them he'd killed in his truck. He kept some of his son's toys on the dashboard of the truck to seem disarming. And he said a lot of them asked me if I was the Green River Killer when I picked them up. I said to them, do I look like the Green River Killer? And they'd say no. They all thought he was a big tall guy. Is the Green River Killer going to just go... Is he going to admit it? Oh, no, I am. Do you not want to ride? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll try that one. All right. No, it's thanks. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Not going to admit it, is he? Oh, oh, oh. You agree with cab? Oh, I can't get in your cab. Yeah. Sorry. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah. I've got some audio of Ridgeway discussing the murders. Oh, my God. That we can have a little listen to. Okay. But I would say I was doing you guys a favour. Killing, killing prostitutes. Here, you guys can't control them, but I can. For the first time, we hear the twisted reasoning of the Green River Killer. He believed he was solving the prostitute problem. And I, I choked her to death. Then I took my socks off and got him in in a knot and tied him around her neck and tied him as tight as I could. I'm quite sure I put... In hundreds of hours of interviews with police over seven months, Gary Ridgway laid out his grisly confession 
hoping to save himself from the death penalty. I agreed to um, plead guilty to the counts that I committed, not any others. This date is June 13, 2003. It's Ridgeway's first interview with police. He tells them he's killed at least 47 women, but it could be as many as 53. He's just not sure. That's where the guardrail, at the end of the guardrail. So you, you want to, on the left-hand side. Left-hand side. On the left-hand side. In eerie field trips, the killer leads investigators to three of his victims. All right. Okay, let's start walking. For 20 years, police had been unable to find their remains. Could we uh, walk down there? That tree looks familiar. And there's a... But despite what they gained, investigators tell me these trips troubled them because they knew Ridgeway was reliving his crimes, getting one more thrill at their expense. This is this is definitely the spot. And it was sometimes difficult for police to listen to the killer's confession. And so she raised her head up, and that's when I uh, put my arm around her, my right arm, and started choking her. Here, Ridgeway describes how he killed one woman in the woods near SeaTac Airport. In a horrible twist, Ridgeway left his young son waiting in his truck just a few hundred feet away. Matthew, you know, is sitting back in the truck. I don't know what he was, what he was, what he was doing. I told Matthew I'd be back in a couple minutes. I'd go for a walk. Yeah, weirdly enough, just a little aside, that first bit of the interview was mm. actually filmed the day after my son was born, <laughs> on <laughs> July, July the 23rd, 2003. Oh, right. Weird. Um, okay, so, yeah, he thought he was doing the, doing the so, right thing. Yeah. Yeah, basically saying, you know, obviously, yeah, he's saying that he thought he was doing the police a favour. I think he was that still does, boning them. I think that does come into it. If he was, you know, if he was doing I a favour, surely. The, but he's doing what they're out for. They're out for sex, and he's given having sex with them. Surely, well, if it. he's trying to do it for the police, he wouldn't be having he sex with just, them. He would just he would just be them. murdering them. Yes, but I think that's part of the reason. I also think that's mostly an excuse. Of course. I do, of because that's, that's not why he no. was doing that. Jack the Ripper, but, well, it's very early, we couldn't really tell, but I'm pretty sure there was no sexual stuff done by Jack the Ripper. I think he was just murdering. There They're was displaying no, the bodies. There was no sex, actual sex, I don't think, but it was sexual in nature because he was taking the uteruses and the wombs and stuff Cutting like that. Cutting the breasts off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was. There was a sexual element, mm. but to he wasn't it. having sex. Then. But he, he wasn't. Was, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay, so uh, Ridgeway said um, that he would have sex with them doggy style, as that gave him a physical advantage. After he'd ejaculated, he sometimes said that he could hear someone coming, and when they lifted their head to listen, he would hook his his forearm, forearm round their throat and choke them. Shit. Like we were talking about yeah. earlier with yeah. his wife. So obviously that was practice. Yeah. I wonder how she feels now, knowing that, you know. She was practicing. God, he was practicing <clears throat> on me. Yeah, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to enable uh, uh, a hard time having another relationship. Yeah, definitely. I would just be like, fuck off, stay back. <laughs> yeah. Do not come near me. 
uh, also saying if we were outside near the airport, sometimes they'd lift their head to watch a plane go over, and that's when I'd do it. If they really fought, I'd put my leg around them. I told them that if they stopped fighting, I'd let them go, but I was always going to kill them. Ridgway said it was more personal and rewarding to choke the victims, and he had switched to using a ligature after receiving bites and scratch marks, saying he would use anything that was to hand or something that he'd brought with him. Towels, belts, extension cords, ropes, jump leads, or like we just heard, socks. Yeah. Um. He admitted to killing one victim outdoors when he had his son in the car, who was about eight or nine at the time. And he also admitted to having lied when he previously denied committing necrophilia, saying, yes, I did lie about that. I had to bury them and take them far away so I wouldn't go back and have sex with them. Brace for this bit. They'd last one or two days before the flies came. Then I'd have to bury them and go and find another. But this, this is the thing I never really got. It's like, why would you want to put your part of yourself inside a dead person? Because it's, just... com- it's complete power. It's complete control. But it's the grossness of it as well. I know. I know. Well, to us, it's disgusting. But to them, it's having a, a totally un- unresponsive uh, body. You know, they're, they're not putting up any kind of fight. They're not going to say no. They're not going to refuse. It's the power that you've got over that that body and knowing that you've taken that life as well the amount of control you've got over that person or, or if, body is is just too much what if he could have now that had like in the future as it'd be he could add his ai made silicon girlfriend that will have sex with him anytime he wants does everything he wants but it's like you know because that's what the future's coming Mm. All these, all these uh, people who can't get relationships and stuff like that yeah. can then have the most gorgeous person, what they think is gorgeous, because they've, you know, it's a robot that is coming. Yeah, oh yeah. Do you definitely. think that would have stopped know, his impulses, kind of like, or already got bored that... of that, and that doesn't work because it's not human, you know? I don't know if that would work because applying because you still got a dead person you have sex with is still the same as a robot. It's yeah, just dead. but at the same time, way. you have the power over That's that the, body it's the power. because you you took that life. Yeah, I don't think it matters with that. And like applying that theory to I'm gonna well no applying that theory that you've just spoken about to I'm gonna say paedophiles. Okay, would that See, Stop. in a way, right, would that be okay? Would that be acceptable in that in that world to then go, right, you're a paedophile to stop you, if that's going to stop you, oh, from no. doing that no, to no, children? No, no, no. You can have this fake child I guess and, not, do, no, and no. do that. Is because that then it's gonna okay get, no, cause it's gonna to get have to the those point. people there going, yeah, I'm a paedophile, but I shag this Robot. or I, I abuse this fake child? No, because it's Is that okay to not, have them it's there? Is that then the fire is that then going to be all right to go well you're you want to have sex with dead people so mm. you have this fake thing and do that and, and you can just be there Rather you know than and then you. it's not yeah. just going to be not, one it's person it's going to be loads of people yeah. and then conversely will that stop them going back to the paedophile thing and also with this because it's not just the sex like we say it is the power it is the control 
it is people getting off on the pain and the fear of children and, and women, you know. Um, yeah, just, it's, so it's, it's is the power that going to stop yeah. them no, or not. is that going to just encourage them? <clears throat> I was just wondering because in the future... I oh, know, yeah, it's an interesting interesting line of thought, I think. There's so many places you can kind of diverge with that yeah. one. But it's it's kind of like, is that okay then? Because that is our future. You know. That is our future coming is going to be. We may not see it totally. Yeah. Uh, as enhanced as it would be, but actually having a partner who's your girlfriend, but it's actually a replica. It's a robot. Yeah. As as crazy as that might sound, that's not crazy whatsoever. And that is actually going to happen. Yeah. But, but stop some people who just can't have a relationship. Who just And they're nice people, but maybe yeah. they're not physically attractive or whatever. It is this is a completely different thing what we talk about but i'm just saying that yeah. it's a good it can be a good, possibly a good thing for some people yeah yeah who definitely. are wanting that and can't do it and they're nice people but yeah you've got all sorts yeah. of people in the world unfortunately anyway yeah, sorry <laughs> get <laughs> away from okay. ai and stuff like that but uh, that's possibly a subject we uh discover we talk about one day is ai yeah yeah could do yeah anyway yeah, sorry strange. carry on okay uh, he said i picked up pick prostitutes because i hated them and i didn't want to pay for sex they were easy to pick up without being noticed and were less likely to be reported missing i thought i could kill as many as i wanted without getting caught and like we just heard him <laughs> well, say i thought was. i was doing you guys a favor um, oh yo gary cheers we've actually yeah, got a little badge made one. up for you uh, a sex worker star. killer number one Thanks. Yeah, gold star. Not doing us a favour because we're not out there trying to kill them. I know we're yeah. trying not to have them really doing that, but at the same time, they're going to do it. It's like drugs; you can't really stop it. Hmm. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Ridgeway showed no regret or remorse throughout the whole process, and during his sentencing on December the eighteenth. The families of the victims were allowed 10 minutes each to speak directly to Ridgeway, like we were saying earlier. And as well, you can go watch that on YouTube if you want to. It's really fucking heartbreaking. <clears throat> he had originally admitted to 71 victims, but was only charged with 48. But there were still unidentified bones, probably undiscovered bones, and some women that had never even been reported as missing. Mm. Uh, Ridgeway was sentenced to 48 life sentences without the possibility of parole or early release, and he's still incarcerated at the Washington State Penitentiary, <gasps> age 74. No, he's still, uh, he's still on this planet now as we still speak. Still here, he's still here. Fuck that dude. Yeah. I'd like to say I hope he's having a shit time, but he's probably not. It's probably okay. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think he gives a fuck, no, does he, really? No, of course he doesn't. I think, yeah. I'd have thought the death penalty, no doubt, would have been on him. No, because they said that they made that little agreement, didn't they, that if he admitted to all the all the murders and stuff that he'd done, that they'd take the death penalty off the table, but he would get life in prison without uh, without do, parole. Do you know what I'd say? I'd do that, then I'd go, ha, 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 only joking, you're still fucking going uh, down. Who, oh, that's, oh, because he says he's going to do that, so he won't kill him, yeah? Okay, that's all fine. Fuck him, once he's done it. I like know, him, I know, and, but you, you can't really, can you? No, because it then goes into like <laughs> Not when you're the humanity and, and everything else and yeah, bollocks. Yeah, well, the justice system have got to try and stick no, to their if they do, somewhere. The trouble is, if they do that once, the next time they've got a serial killer, he's going to go, well, what did you do to Gary? 
So. Yeah, and I think it's it's more about getting justice for the victims and closure for the family, isn't it? it? Is. Rather than kind of, you know. Well, let's hope someone's pointed chief fuck Gary up and goes in and just fucks Gary up on a daily basis. Yeah. Or something. Let's hope so. Just it would be nice. <laughs> sticks pins in him or something. I don't know, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So that's him, done. So there you go. Dead. That's the story of Everyone Gary Ridgeway. Right, what a character. Yeah. What a yeah, guy. definitely. Just the story's so crazy, you know, that obviously went that long without being being picked up and picked up a few times but never caught for that and just the whole thing of the task force you know and all the money that got thrown at trying to catch him and and like we were saying for someone who's kind of low low iq he managed to evade capture for such a long time but never really seemed to be doing anything to evade capture you know he is just killing killing women and fucking dumping them yeah bizarre yeah just crazy okay but yes do recommend obviously the the book green river running red is such a good book really good oh well um well yeah thanks for doing all that that research that's whoa that's quite a lot of that's why it took a little while to get the episode out it is yeah it's a lot it definitely is i'll put up the link to the documentary on the facebook page as well because that's also really good and has got interviews with like i said his wife you know it's got interviews with the lady who wrote the book as well um, and or like I was saying, she lived quite close to Ridgeway as well, which is quite weird. Yeah. And she was doing, uh, at the time of the murder, she was doing book tours because she's quite a prolific true crime writer. Um, so obviously, like I was saying, she wrote a book about Ted Bundy and stuff after she'd worked with him. But she was doing book tours. And apparently after Gary Ridgeway had been arrested, her daughter had phoned her up and said to her, I saw that guy at a couple of your book tours. He'd come in and like stand at the back of the room. You know, she saw her daughter saw him there a few times. Yeah, she was like Ridgeway came to see what she was talking about because she did get questioned about it because it was an ongoing case. You know, people would pop up and and say, you know, what do you think about this? But yeah, get get the book if you want a good read. Really good. There's a psychic that gets involved with the whole thing. You always need a psychic in these cases. So much shit I just didn't have time to go into, you know, and obviously it goes into the suspect suspects more and and that other guy, that mad trapper guy stabbing his mannequin and fucking doing whatever else and really interesting. Really good read. Okay, cool. Well I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> yeah it was good okay well thank you so much for that my dearest that was really great research you are welcome I i'm glad i can splurge all my ridgeway knowledge <laughs> and then get it you out of your morning. mind and then that's it you don't need to think about ridgeway anymore <laughs> yeah it can go in the box with jimmy savile and fred and rose west <laughs> there are some fuckers out there and there um, and the child child mincer Oh. so um anyway getting away from so much we want to do a bit more fun stuff um <laughs> God, uh, there's still murder there is still murder unfortunately it just seems to be ways but we still want to carry on we're gonna do we have got some fun not so murderous episodes planned up we've got a yes. few sort of random weird ones that um but yeah definitely unfortunately is generally involved in these episodes um what are we doing next time Next time we're coming back with episode 62 and it's going to be unlucky lottery winners. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be people who've won the lottery, 
or their numbers have come up and they haven't got the money for whatever reason or people that have been killed for their money, people that have, I don't know, done something totally insane with their money yeah, or fucking the lottery, just lost then, it all, you then know. And, the, the pressure of owning money is a thing. That's why sometimes it's better than almost not have so much money and just be able to, like, you know, survive. Because yeah. as soon as you do that, if you get a lottery winner, as soon as you do that... If it's in the press, there's a picture of you. Oh, Fred, which you haven't spoke to for fucking 30 years, has given you a ring. How's it going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. What do you want? <laughs> or criminals. Oh, great. Let's go rob that yeah. fucker. So, interesting. Can't wait for that episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've started doing the research for that one already. It's had me thinking, you know, because like, no one ever talks. I don't ever get phone calls. I don't ever really see anyone apart from you. <laughs> and like people start going oh hello i'll be like fuck off (laughs) i would have no problem honestly i would have no problem i'd just be like fuck off it'd just be so suspicious but i'm well into that conversation we can have because there's going to be multiple cases and we can discuss yeah, the same I've, got quite, I've thing, got quite a few already, actually. But different it's people's a... reactions and how they deal with it and stuff. Fascinating. Yeah. That'd be really I've got fascinating. Quite a lot of people that have been murdered for their money, you know. Okay, cool. Um, all right, well, that'll be next episode. So that'll be episode 62, yeah. which should be out yeah. uh, when it's out. <laughs> yeah, Life gets it shouldn't be too, yeah, it shouldn't be too long, though, because I'm already busting up the homework for that one, so. Yeah. I was hoping we could try and drop that quite soon because it's been such a wait for this one. We will have to remotely do it because we won't be seeing each yeah. other for a little while again. So, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we could do this again. Um, great. Well, lovely listeners, ladies, gentlemen, non gendered people, aliens, spooky peoples, and all everything else, thank you so much for coming along with us. Now, if you like this episode and you like the podcast, just click a little like or share yeah. or subscribe and it does help the algorithm i know this is boring you hear this on all the podcasts but it does help us get out to other people who might yeah. like us as well and that makes us happy because we don't do this for financial gain whatsoever um we do this because we enjoy doing it so but it's nice when we get feedback from you guys we had quite a few new facebook members so that's nice so yeah, thanks very definitely. much for that and do let us yeah. know if you like the episode because it just makes us feel better and special yeah, and definitely. some of you do, which is little... really nice when you just message say, "Oh, I love the episode." Thank, thank yeah. you, thank you so much. Yeah, give us a little rate and review. We've got some stars on Spotify that you can fill up if you feel so inclined. Yeah. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Even if we could do anything better. Yeah, and if you... uh, we're always up for episode suggestions from listeners as well. So feel and we free still to got... hit us up on the socials. Yeah, we still got some episodes coming up which are listener suggestions, but we, we still are, like yep, to. On the uh, list. But it's good having a list of episodes because then we can uh, uh program the schedule uh, accordingly yeah. with um uh, uh horribleness not so horrible horribleness <laughs> yeah. a little bit you can try and even it out a bit um <laughs> if you like horror movies i uh, host a podcast called the podcast on haunted hill with my buddy dan and we talk about horror movies and things um yeah. <clears throat> if you want to do check out that it's a pretty fun show it's a very comical show and we sort of delve into the films and run through the whole film's timeline and sort of do our own uh, explanation of the films and stuff like that it was quite fun um um you are a little, oh, a little crocheter 
Yeah, well, I've got my little crochet and I you can come find me on the socials at Fox's Fantastic Fabrications or you can find me on Etsy, Fox's Fabrications where 79. Where you can make crocheted bespoke items, people, yeah, things, well, I've anything. Got loads of, there's loads of stuff in my shop already, but you can always hit me up for commissions because I can make whatever you like. Some, the, some of the picture to grandparents that you've made are so sweet from They're the lovely, photographs. Yeah, they? it's yeah, really cool. So. It's a yeah. lovely gift for someone. If you can't think of something for your, oh, my dad's birthday, yeah, I could totally. get a little yeah, crochet, let, my dad, you know, Yeah, let me know. As long as you've got a picture, I can make anything, pretty much. Uh, clever, clever lassie. Oh, um, thanks. Well, um, I also have uh, Deadbolt Films, which is uh, my film group um, uh, where we make movies, but we are still uh, uh, making a film at the moment. Um, and we're just doing that still. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Boz, um, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, he he was a member of our film group um, yeah. who was making the film re- with us recently, which we're still making in post. But unfortunately, um, uh, he he left us last week. Yeah, uh, left left the planet, and um, so yeah, just you know, I don't want to get into it too much. Yeah, but shout so out to Boz. Yeah, yeah, and shout yeah. out to Boz's family. Yeah, I don't want to get into that now. But um, yeah. but do do go on YouTube if you want to check out some of the short films and stuff we've made. We made a few bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, anyway, great listening and talking to you, my dear. Um, I hope yeah. everybody's enjoyed this today and enjoy yeah, yourselves so. and be safe and be happy in the world that we live in. Yes. And check out under the, the bed. And yeah, and the, if you've the curtains got and lock the back if door. You've got a, if you've got a child with a bedwetting problem, don't be fucking scrubbing their private areas. <laughs> <laughs> when they're that old. <laughs> no, I'm hoping that no goes. Good will come of it. I'm hoping that I goes with uh, common sense. But everybody, be safe in the world. Be happy. Uh, definitely be happy in the world. We're only here for a certain amount of time. So Indeed. enjoy every moment you can. Yes. All right. uh, uh, love you guys and everything else. Um, take care, everybody, and we will see you soon. Yeah, see you next time.